Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the James Zander trip, where we dive into spirituality, psychedelics, personal growth, mindset, love, and how we can connect deeper with our soul and our hearts. Joining me today is Ibrahim Ramsey. Ibrahim is a special soul that I recently met in Bali. He's a calisthenics athlete, fitness coach, someone who is deeply into personal growth and up-leveling one's character in life. And when I met him, I realized he would be a great person to bring on the podcast and dive into self-discipline, the keys to self-development, why we must challenge ourselves, and how we can unlock the next level of our life. So without further ado, Ibrahim Ramsey, welcome to the James Zander trip. Man, thank you so much. What an introduction. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you for coming. Thank, thank you, you for sharing your time with You're us. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. I'm excited. When you think of self-development and personal growth, what comes to your mind? Um, so I think about this a lot and it always changes because everything always changes. But something that always comes up is little and often. Because everyone always is always trying to change from polar opposite right? Like I'm unhealthy. I'm, you know, sick of my relationship, sick of my job. I'm just going to, you know, flip the script to a full 180 and I'm going to become this buff dude who's rich and, and all of this stuff. And, and it never works, you know, but what I know works is doing something little and often five minutes of journaling a day, read three pages of a book, you know, go to the gym for half an hour, you know, and then what happens is you start to realize that you can do more because we have this we have this innate feeling in us that I call grateful never satisfied and that's actually the slogan to my to my business because what I do with people I work with is if I I give them physically less than they can do because then they come back to me and say I know I can do more wow and Mo then, most coaches would try to push more yeah and i actually i actually dial it back a little bit ah, interesting because then they're like oh i i i know i can do more i know i can do more wow. and then i they've brought the buy-in to me yeah because what i what i began to realize when i first started coaching people i did have the push 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 mentality and i used to train people how i trained and the, my way of training was reps on reps on reps for hours a day because I loved it you know I didn't I didn't want to do anything else but I realized quickly that people don't want to do that they want to sweat they want to laugh they want to feel good they they want to learn a new skill yeah but they don't really want to put that much work into it you know everyone's always looking for the quick fix this kind of thing you know the cheat code so over the years I developed okay cool if I actually instead of pushing you and and kind of being that bigger older brother or your dad that's like come on be hard be hard be hard it's like let me do the opposite let me kind of reverse psychology this and say you want to train five days a week we're going to give you three mm. right because then when they do the three they realize that this is intense this is this is fun but i know i can do a little bit more and then what we go and do a little bit more of is not actually training. We look at how we could optimize the rest of their life. We look at their sleep. We look at their food. We look at these different things because everyone thinks to get fit and healthy, it's just go gym. But what do you do when you go to the gym? Nobody really knows. You know, you train, you do this, you do that. But some people are still in the same place as last year. Some people make no progress, right? So I believe that there's pillars to fitness. And what are the pillars you've obviously got to be in the gym mm -hmm. 
and then you have to recover and recover um encompasses sleep food that's pretty much it hydration and um uh recovery is also forms of stretching mobilizing active recovery like going on walks you know clearing your head that kind of stuff and then the last one for me is stress management i work with a lot of people in a lot of high end um jobs and and high stress high intensity jobs and the reason they don't go to the gym is not because they don't want to they have to work you know they've got to be at work until 11 p.m. i wouldn't make them go to the gym after that <laughs> Why would you from from 9am to 11pm and then you got to go do a, an hour session it's not healthy right so what i try and do is actually as you said um just as we were talking before this rather than put more stuff in i just take stuff out so i actually get people doing less and they get make more results so simplifying i simplify everything i gamify and i simplify and then i love how you said the stress management because that's such an overlooked part of the physical regimen of mm -hmm. okay how much stress are you currently perceiving in your life cuz exercising is a form of stress mm -hmm. so in order to add more stress it's like you need to have that gap available yeah you've got a limit mm -hmm. and there's two types of stress the first one is obviously positive stress because you never feel worse going to the gym but you're putting a barbell on your back you're you're lifting weight it's stressful it's difficult it challenges you but then you've also got the what i call unnecessary stress and again going back to my to my childhood i realized probably when i was about 14 15 that i will live a life avoiding unnecessary stress and i don't know where that came from but well potentially do i used to see so many kids my age and i was 14 15 right when we're doing gcse's and all of these mock tests and this kind of stuff and they would be crying because they failed and they would be doing all of this like studying so hard for hours a day and then not getting the result they wanted and being distraught about it and i used to think this is a mock test this isn't even the real thing mm. what happens when the real thing comes around <laughs> you know what's well this doesn't make any sense and it just made me realize that i never want to feel like that and if that means doing what they're doing is going to make me feel like that i'm going to avoid it at all costs So I would study, yeah, I would get okay grades. I didn't get top of the class, but I was what okay in school, you know, because I believed that it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Mm -hmm. So I realized very early on that if you if you know the right people, you can learn the right things. So for me, I do my utmost to avoid unnecessary stress and then i teach my clients how to do that as well so difficult relationships with family how do we how do we go about them difficult relationships at work how can we plan to remove them how can we plan to do this do that because there's always a potential solution whether or not you're willing to do it or not is a different um outcome but there's always a potential solution there's always something to move the needle an inch or a mile it doesn't matter how much we can move it forwards what do you see as the biggest stressors in your client's life that unnecessary stress um i'd probably say it's actually like a limiting belief and the 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 narrative that they tell themselves because words are powerful right like the whole spelling and and all of this kind of thing that people talk about with words and never being negative about yourself and this kind of stuff but what a lot of people do is they associate words with things and those things are predominantly negative right so going gym 
and training and exercising and things like that for most people is not a positive experience. It's a chore. And what does a chore make you feel like? I don't want to do it. I simply don't want to do it. So they don't because they have that narrative and that narrative of looking in the mirror and seeing someone that's not fit and healthy, blah, blah, blah. All of this stuff that when, when people say like, oh yeah, I just don't feel good. I just don't do this. But what I realized is the narrative and the definition of the word can be whatever you want it to be. So when you think of gym, what is the narrative that guides you? It's seeking discomfort, which is something that I love doing. You know, even being here today is like out of my comfort zone. I've, I've never done a podcast before, but it's, a, it's an experience that I'll be able to do, either learn from, you know, share with other people, this kind of thing. So seeking discomfort is massive. Um, and again, I changed my narrative for that to be something positive because for most people, that's not positive either. It's a way of learning. I go to the gym to learn, to analyze. Um, and that allows me instant gratification, which everyone is after. Instant gratification is what everyone is looking for, whether they know it or not. You know, why would you choose the long route when you can take the short one? You, you just... You just wouldn't. We're wired to seek the quickest, simplest way. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned seeking discomfort. Seeking discomfort, And for I, sure. I love that concept when you talked about it on the beach when yeah. we first met. I'd love it if you can go more into that. Yeah, 100%. A lot of people, when they, when they say seek discomfort, they think that I'm like jumping out of planes every day and I'm doing like, like I don't know, snake charming and this kind of different stuff. But it's the total opposite. It's doing something very minute that gives you a feeling of anxiousness. Mm. And when you do that, I don't know the science behind it, but I know that it expands my brain. Yeah. And it makes me think in different ways. It takes you from a why me mentality to a how can I mentality. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Because the difference between those two things is the brain can be a strategist and it can figure things out instantly when put on the spot. Or it can shut off and, and kind of um, uh, like freeze and say, why is this happening to me? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So you've always got two options to choose from. We have a supercomputer in our minds, yeah. in our heads, and we tend to misuse it. And we put code and bugs into mm. it that completely run amok and make life into chaos. The older I've gotten, the more I've focused on making sure my code is clean nice how can i clean up my code nice. what am i thinking what am i believing and like you said how can i make my brain a strategist how can i mm -hmm. what are uh, james altucher taught me this 10 things that i can do to achieve x yeah and you just force your brain to come up yeah i think he actually does 20 things and he says the last five items are the hardest that's where mm -hmm. your brain is working the first five are easy okay then five more Okay, then five more. It's like gets harder and harder, but that's where you're training your mind and stretching it. Yeah. And I think that's what, when you said the brain expands or your mind expands, it's the stretch yes. of putting yourself in, not like, not a jumping out of the airplane, but just a slightly uncomfortable situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. forces you to think in new ways, forces you to come up with solutions on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I call it leaning in. Oh, man. You know, it's like, okay, the water's cold, but I'm just going to take a little step into it. I don't have to go full body yet. 
and then a little more, mm-hmm. a little more. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you're in the cold ocean, enjoying yep. it, yep. loving it. Yeah. In in your element, where before you were scared of it or, you know, exactly. metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. And that's what little and often comes from. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Right? Because I using the analogy of cold plunge, right? This we all know the simplest way to get into a cold plunge is to just drop right in right just just immerse yourself in it but if you've never done that before mm-hmm. and you've never experienced like proper breathing or anything like that you can actually like die you know like from the shock yeah from the shock like mm. it's it, the shock is massive if you've never experienced it before um so a good way to do that is small uh spouts of of cold exposure maybe a cold shower maybe just mm. washing your face with cold water every day that kind of thing putting your head under the the cold shower that kind of thing these different feelings and then what you do oh yeah i could do a little bit more yeah i could do a little bit more yeah i could do a little bit more and then eventually as you said you're you're swimming around in the frozen ocean you're like hey this is fun you know because you took your time to adapt you took your time to improve you took your time to analyze you took your time to you know ask yourself how did that feel and that's something that most people don't do and like it's very easy to fall prey to it and just be like i want it now i want everything that you've worked for i want it now Mm. you know and that's something especially with calisthenics that like people see me do some sort of exercise and like yeah i'll be able to do that Mm -hmm. and then they don't realize that i've been doing it for like seven years and and they're like oh wow yeah that was hard i can't do that you know i've come to the point where i really enjoy that it's a process Mm. for all the great things that you want to achieve it's days and weeks and months of laying brick after brick after brick laying the foundation very invisible work very invisible work that people don't see it's not flashy no it's not something i can put in an instagram story and say Mm -hmm. look everyone Mm -hmm. because it's oftentimes boring or very small steps. Mm-hmm. But over time, I look back at my podcast, my YouTube and other things I'm building. And I'm like, ah, there is no way that if I was to wake up today and say, I want to do this, even if I was the hardest working person, yeah, it still would take time, effort, yeah. and little tiny steps yeah, over yeah, time, yeah. little learnings, little adjustments, little mm-hmm. calibrations. Mm-hmm. And it makes me happy that, ah, okay, I've stuck it out and build that foundation and now the harvest yeah and still more to do but still, now yeah. i'm seeing the seeds sprout yeah and it's the most beautiful thing and i'm sure the same thing with calisthenics 100%. where you've worked on something for a year mm-hmm. to perfect a certain movement or technique and then it clicks yeah and it becomes effortless or, or yep. flows yeah yeah that's artistry Mm-hmm. You know, being able to do a podcast that flows, being able to have a YouTube channel that engages people, being able to do different things to a high standard is everything. Because what we're what we're looking to achieve, I've realized this in the last year, is just freedom. When you're good at something, it makes you feel free because you don't have to think about what you're doing. You go with the flow, you create mm. this rhythm that just allows you to enjoy the journey. And then when you get to the destination, you're a bit like, ah, oh, I wish we could carry on going, <laughs> yes, you know, because yes. when you enjoy it, yeah, the, you want the destination to keep moving further and further away. It's the immersion that yeah. we're seeking, the full immersion of being in the moment. When it's done, it's like, ah, oh, okay, what's the next thing? Exactly, <laughs> what's the next thing? You know, what's the next thing? And that's where a lot of people um, 
fall prey and and sadly don't really get anywhere is because they're just looking at the destination and when they realize what it takes to actually get to the destination they're like now nah, on to the next thing now nah, yeah. on to the next thing so it goes both ways like for me there is no real destination you know because when i get to a stage where i believe i've helped enough people and i'm let's say 50 60 years old and i'm i'm not able to physically do the things that i can do anymore i'm going to transition down the mind route you know and and teach people how to develop their mind and how to do all of these different kind of things so that's something that's going to be okay i reached that destination now i can transition into something new over here that's still relevant that's still helping people but what a lot of people do on the opposite side of things is that they've been taught and they've been told that life is easy and that this this easy process will make you the 10k a month will make you a millionaire will help you get this hot girl will help you get this car and when they realize that it actually doesn't right it because it's not easy then they say nah i'm, I'm out mm -hmm. i'm out and you mm -hmm. see it with so many people all the time and that's why being able to come to Bali and realize that these people got here because they actually worked for it. You know, the ones that end up staying anyway, there's a lot of people here that come and, and leave because their job back home or they, they use their savings or whatever it was. The difference between the people that are staying here is that they actually realize this is going to take some work mm -hmm. and I'm okay with doing the work. I'm actually excited to do the work. Yeah. You know, that's the difference because I've said this before and I told you this when we first met life is life is um life isn't easy but it's simple. Mm. And that difference between like if you look at the definition of easy and and simple simplicity says that it requires you overcoming difficulty. And ease ease is doing something with no difficulty at all. Ah uh, okay I see. Yeah. Yeah I love that because everything we all know what we should do. Mm -hmm. And it is simple. Yeah. Why don't we do it? <laughs> it's it's the age-old question right but for me i realized that everyone knows what they should do but they don't do it yeah. so if you're that one person that just tries it you'll get the results regardless because no one else is doing it yeah. it's like you're running a race of no one else mm -hmm. so you mm -hmm. are the winner even if you if even if it takes you 10 years to get to the finish line you won because you were the only one running the race. It reminds me of what Tim Ferriss once said about shooting for the highest goal you can because there's actually less people seeking the top. Mm -hmm. More people are seeking the average mm -hmm. and the slightly easier. So if you go for the top, you actually have less competition and more ease, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you're... It's... The the simplest way that I can I can put that is that People, as you said, would rather just be average and they're okay with being average, you know? So when you realize that all you have to do is just 1% more than these people and you get this exponential growth that they didn't even realize because they were okay being average. And you just said to yourself, do you know what? I'm not okay being average. I don't know what it's going to take for me to not be average, but I'm not okay being average. So it comes from that deep desire that we spoke about earlier where people just people just are okay not having it, you know? The settler's mindset is what I call it. Like, uh, you know, we'll, 
we'll settle down, we'll have this basic this and, and you know, this and that. And it's like, that's not what they really want. There's no purpose behind what they're doing. And that's something that is huge in today's world is that 99% of people are settlers because they don't have a purpose. Mm, 99% of people are settled because they don't have a purpose. How do people discover their purpose or how did you discover your purpose? You have to sit and just think about it and like, what is it that you're interested in? What is it that you're good at? What is it that you want to learn? What inspires you? And these are questions that people don't want to ask themselves. Why not? It's difficult, you know, to sit by yourself or go on a walk and actually think, what can I do? Yeah, yeah. What do I want to do? Exactly. Not what my parents are telling me to do or my friends think is cool. Yeah. What do I want? What do I want to do? And being truthful, Mm. honest with yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Side note, this podcast has given me shivers already, man. This is this is <laughs> intense. I'm enjoying this. This is sick. Um, so f- I guess my backstory then and how I did that was I went to the gym and I was yawning all the time and I was bored in the gym. Like I was bored. All I was seeing was people just lifting weights, staring at themselves in the mirror. And the mirrors make you look bigger anyway. When you go to the Do gym, they? 100%, I believe it's, concave and convex right? oh they make have, them like that they, they make them like that so you look bigger in the gym so so it all, already gives you this ego boost right so it's all for the wrong reasons the commercial gym right it's not teaching you anything in terms of actual movement it's not um it, because you already look bigger it gives you a false sense of appearance Right. And the other reason that people go to the gym is just be- is just to free themselves you know of their day and I've had a shit day at work. I don't like my job. You know, I, I argued with my missus. I, uh, I'm going to go to the gym and just, you know, get away from all of it. Mm. Right. And that's what people say is their therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. But for me, that's so wrong. Right. Like I get that you want to sweat and you want to just disassociate. But why are you disassociating from problems? Just go and solve your problems. You know, the gym shouldn't be a place to solve your problems. The gym should be a place for you to get better, develop. So when problems come, you're ready for them. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe, you know. That's why seeking discomfort is important. That's why doing these different kind of things. When you when you go to the gym and you've been doing the same workout for months and it's like, dude, add some more weight. Make it harder, you know. Everyone goes to the gym just doing enough, you know. And that's why they always look the same. That's why they always do this kind of thing. So um, my initial introduction to health and fitness was actually through my dad and martial arts and that movement like used to sweat differently when you used to do martial arts and like it was you would leave there in pain because of how hard you worked but you learned a skill you learned how to throw a punch you learned how to throw a kick you learned how to dodge a punch you learned how to do all of these different kind of things and then I transitioned into football and the cardio aspect of things, I developed abs, I developed this, I developed that speed, agility, IQ, all of these different kind of things. And then when you go to the gym and you're just like numb, mm-hmm. you know, it's like this machine goes forward and backwards. That's all it is. It goes forwards and backwards. That's it. There's no, there's no intellect behind it. There's no, okay, why is it doing this? How can I optimize the movement? What can I do to get the most out of it? How can I, you know, asking these different questions? No, sit on that machine and just push it. It's easy. It's simple. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it will get you from A to B. That to me is not movement. 
I suppose the difference is if someone truly feels every muscle as they're doing it and they're mm. focused on it. So I remember reading Arnold's biography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about how when he was at the gym, he would he would literally know exactly every single muscle that was moving and which muscle needed slight adjustments. Well, and uh, yeah, he was and the just reason like to why, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's that's someone who developed an art form. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, um, bodybuilding is very very um detailed like it's incredibly detailed however this is a controversial opinion i don't see it as a sport because there's no skill required to be a bodybuilder interesting it is literally focus on your diet and go to the gym there's no skill aspect to it anyone can walk on a stairmaster for 20 minutes a day Mm. you know there is there is a mentality to it Mm-hmm. But that mentality for me personally is incredibly restrictive. I met two bodybuilders where I used to work and they're married. And for six months out of the year, they are not intimate with each other because their hormones are all over the place. They have to eat and live this routine every single day for six months because they're prepping for this one competition. So they sleep in different rooms. They um, eat off the same plate every single day. They eat the same amount of food. They they sleep at the same time. They do all of these, all of these very, very nuanced things. Why? To just bicep flex on stage, you know? And yes, the, the mindset behind it is like a, a very disciplined mindset. But for me personally, again, with discipline, it's boring. How did you start in your journey with calisthenics? Um, my bedroom. I had a pull-up bar and I couldn't do a pull-up. It was actually my older brother's pull-up bar and I couldn't do a pull-up. I used to hang off it. I used to try and pull up. And then one day I just got a chair and just started doing them half. So I had my feet on the chair so I could touch the, the I could grab the pull-up bar. And then I started just doing pull-ups with my feet on the chair so assisted pull-ups up and down up and down up and down every day and then I um slowly took one foot off then I only had my big toe on the chair and then I could do pull-ups and and that to me was like what I've gone from not even being able to dead hang to do a pull-up just by doing it every day little and often you know couple of reps here couple of reps there couple of reps here and that's after that was when I started um, like the football and all of that different kind of stuff in the martial arts. And then I went to the gym and it just reconfirmed that like I'm, I want to move and I want to enjoy movement. So I used to go to the gym with uh, friends and then I realized this just isn't it for me. Mm. It's not it at all. And there was a park probably about 10 minutes from my house with a pull-up bar in it. And I used to go there instead. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was just messing around and they had monkey bars and I would swing on the monkey bars and I would spin and I would, you know, roll around on the floor doing roly polies and trying to jump from the tree to the bars and that kind of stuff. And by the end of a couple of hours, I was dead. And then a month or two later, I was strong. Not in the sense of like, oh, I progressively overloaded. No, I'd just been enjoying movement. Yeah, doing monkey bars like a one-arm pull-up right I never trained for a one-arm pull-up I just did monkey bars every day and that's one arm that's called unilateral right like you're moving with one with one limb and you're swinging around and then one day I just pulled myself up and I was like I did a one-arm pull-up 
I never, I never wanted to achieve it. I just wanted to have fun and move. And my grip strength got stronger. My um, overhead mobility got better. My arms got stronger. All of these different kind of things happened. And it's just because I was having fun and enjoying moving. Mm. Only now that I'm at a level that I'm at, it has to get more specific. But at the start, it's just pure enjoyment. For someone who's never done calisthenics, what would you tell them that they might not realize of how beneficial it might be for them or how fun it could be for them? Um, it's, your, it's, it's your body and it wants to move. So calisthenics is anything that you do that's movement because it's body weight training, right? So squatting is a form of body weight training, all of these different kinds of things. And in terms of the enjoyment, for me, it comes from creativity because as I said, those machines at the gym do one thing. But a pull-up bar, you can do a million different things on a pull-up bar without even having a pull-up bar and just the floor. You can do a million different exercises just using the floor. So it forces you to get creative and it forces you to go into that strategic mindset, right? That how can I rather than, oh, I don't know what to do. When people go to the gym, they're so overwhelmed by these machines, by all of these different kind of things. What weight should I use this, that? Whereas in lockdown, everyone started bodyweight training and everyone started to feel amazing. Mm. Everyone started to go out on runs. Everyone started to, you know, just be out in nature and the, the sunsets. And even sometimes when it rained, going on a run in the rain, like you're not doing anything special, but you're doing what feels right. And that's pretty much what calisthenics is to me. It just feels right. It has a very transferable um, approach as well in terms of, we develop in insane grip strength through calisthenics because you have to hold your body weight plus more weight sometimes. So when it comes to sports like martial arts, you, you have a good base already, right? When you need to grab someone, when you need to pull them this way, that way, that kind of thing. When it comes to any, any sport, really, because the majority of strength and conditioning exercises from sport will be calisthenics moves. How have calisthenics developed your mind? The creativity side, first of all, the childlike creativity was amazing. And, and I, I tell myself this all the time. I never want to grow up like I love I love having that that aspect to it of just being able to play. And you're going to fall on your face a lot, mm -hmm. you know, in calisthenics. The, the failure aspect is probably the main reason why I am of somewhat success. Talk more about that. Because when you think about exercise, gym, and, you know, training, what is it that everyone always says? Train to failure, right? If you're not pushing yourself hard enough, you're not doing this. You're not going to make it. You're not going to get stronger. You're not going to develop muscle, all of this kind of stuff. But when you talk about failure outside of the gym, it's negative. Why is that? And that's just people's narrative on it. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I realized was I go to train to fail. So when I, if I use that same approach, when I'm in life, I'll get the same outcome as I do when I train, which is more muscle, which is progress in terms of strength, physique, um, uh, uh, discipline, everything that comes with failing in the gym. 
you know as long as you're not an idiot and burn out and these different kind of things and then you get seriously injured and that kind of stuff right because you can you can always go too far one way so it's like getting more reps in life exactly you get more reps in life for example talking to a new person so many people get anxious about doing that there's so many keyboard warriors nowadays that can say anything online but when it's like cool say that to someone they won't say it right and not to say that it's like negative but even in, even if let's say for example you have an awesome outfit on today right like most people would just think in their heads that's a nice outfit they won't tell you that mm. you know so getting those reps in in terms of telling people different things whether it's something that you like or something that you don't like if you get rejected who cares you know you you just go again you just go again you just go again because by by continuing to go everything always goes your way mm. what has your relationship been like with rejection i used to be so i wasn't always this way definitely not and i wasn't my friend for probably about 4 to 5 years of my life like i did not like myself and that was that was hard because i was living a life that i didn't want to live and the only thing that kept me sane was was movement right was having my own time where i trained in the park and i um just felt okay so i could go back to whatever i was doing and it's not that i wasn't trying to better myself right i said before that people train to get away from their problems i was trying to figure out what were the problems were going on but they kept popping up left right and center so in school um I was bullied quite a lot and that separated me from the people that were that were in school right and they used to I went to a very um white british school and being tanned and having a name like Ibrahim they were like nah this guy is definitely some sort of terrorist you know I was I was a a paki I was an I was a, an n word I was all of these different kind of things and that was kind of my first um experience with rejection but what it made me realize was that by doing me and by just continuing on everything came round my way because they all wanted to be my friend by the end of school because of who i was you know i was good at sport i was good at training i was confident in my own abilities and that made them realize shit this guy's not a bad guy he's just got a different skin color so by the end of school after 6 years though right, i had to go through about 6 years of it after 6 years they were like no no like we want to be this guy's friend you know so for me that was my first um experience of rejection secondly my my dad who is actually a um he does a lot of work for the people and for charities he works for the united nations he works for like islamic relief and all of these different kind of uh, organizations around the world but one thing he always did from a young age probably the age of about i don't know maybe 12 13 maybe even younger um while we were in school we used to go out to the city center every weekend for about 4 or 5 hours and give leaflets to people about how they can you know why islam is is something that can help you right it used to be um the leaflet used to say islam the highway to heaven right if you want to be a good person just have a read of it and boy we used to get everything thrown at us man like it was crazy it was crazy old 
English people coming up and saying like, you're a terrorist. And I was like 12 years old and this person shouting in my face, like, you're a terrorist, get out of our country. You disgust me, people spitting at you, people, you know, literally throwing at, throwing stuff at you. Like it was crazy. But all, all I would see my dad do was say, God bless you, have a good day. God bless you, have a good day. God bless you. Have a good day. And you're looking at him like that. That guy's like swearing at you. He's trying to spit at you. He's trying to do this. Punch him in his face. And my dad's like, nah, he's probably not a bad person. You know, he's probably just lost. And I and, and I didn't think any of it over the time. I was like, I hate these people. I hate doing this. In the time, I hated everything about it. But what it made me realize, years down the line, I can go into any social situation and be confident in what I have to say, be confident in who I am, because I did it from such a young age, doing stuff that I didn't really even care about. But my dad did it as a less, uh, as a life lesson for the future. What is the key to confidence, in your opinion? Um, probably say failure. Mm, more reps. Yeah, and rejection and, and all of these different kind of things. Because mm. if you use the why me mentality, you go down the route of self-loathing and you go down the route of, oh, it's not going to work. You know, I give up. Or you go down the route of, oh, okay, cool. That didn't work. What did I do and how could I do it differently next time? Or how could I replicate that because that was a good outcome? Yes. You know? Yes. Paying attention to what works yeah, has exactly. been such an important lesson for yeah. me. Most people, they pay close attention when they fail but they don't actually pay close attention when something goes right, even because sometimes it's quiet. Mm -hmm. It's like a small flicker of a candle that, and you got to fan the flames in that moment. You got to see what is making this burn. What is, what is yeah, giving yeah, me yeah, the success yeah, yeah. here, even if it's tiny success. Mm -hmm. And then you grow with that and you focus on what works and mm -hmm. do more of that. Yeah, exactly that. Do more of that. Do more of what makes you feel good. Do more of what gives you that, that not the, the instant gratification per se, but a lot of people get happiness mixed up with instant gratification. So if, it, if you feel like it gives you that instant gratification and that's the journey and the route that you're going down, do more of it, you know? Like for so many people, they think that what makes them happy and, and what they do naturally is not the right thing because of society needs to go down this route, you know, get a job, all of this kind of stuff. And that ends up numbing them mm. and it ends up, ah, oh, I've just got to fit into this box. You know, I'm a circle, but I've got to fit into the, this square. So I have to change for this thing now. And it's like, that's not me, Yeah, you know? So what I actually try and do with people now is give them space to be whatever shape, whatever, whatever size, whatever thing it is that they really want to be, you know? whether or not that's through journaling, meditation, going to the gym and, and training, whatever modality it is that you want to train, you know? Is there a spiritual practice that has helped you the most with being connected to yourself? Um, I used to meditate and I still actually do meditate, I guess. Because when I'm on my when I'm on my bike and in the UK I used to do this quite a lot, I'd go on bike rides with no music or anything. And I would just think and I would just let my thoughts kind of just fly through my head. Some of them would stick for about 10, 15 minutes, and then some of them would just fly straight through. 
but the sitting down meditation where you're like you know focusing on your breath and that kind of stuff I've never really been good at that because I'm such a fidgety kind of guy like you'll see throughout this podcast like I'll move every kind of two three seconds you know um so meditation for sure but my own version of meditation yeah you know everyone's is different it's like clearing the inbox right when you're yeah for sure riding the bike and you allow yourself to clear and mark as read all the thoughts that have been sitting in your such head such a good way to put it man yeah mm -hmm. that's such a good way to put it yeah for sure exactly that journaling is awesome um you journal every morning, right? I journal every morning. What's yeah. your process like with journaling? What are you uh, noting down or reflecting on? Um, different things. Always how I'm feeling mm -hmm. and how I felt. Um, and then how I want to feel and how I can actually feel it, right? Because a lot of people say, I want to feel this way. And then that's that's the, the extent of the the conversation. Give me an example from your life where you said, I want to feel a certain way and here is how I'm going to do it. I'd probably say today, actually. So I said to myself, I want to experience more. Uh -huh. And I don't know, it doesn't matter what more is, but I want to experience more because I felt like I left my, my hometown, my home country to come out here. And if I'm not experiencing this place as much as I can, well, I may as well go back home. Mm. Right, I might as well just stay in that bubble that I was in. What's the point in being in this in this new realm and just staying in this tiny little bubble that I've created for myself? You know, be uncomfortable and, and experience these different kind of things. So I said to myself, I want to experience more. And how can I experience more? It's going for sunsets at different beaches, going on day trips by myself, you know, getting lost, this kind of stuff. And then today came up and it was like, dude, this is an experience. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to feel. I want to, I want to experience different feelings. I want to experience different emotions, different environments, because that will allow me to learn something about myself. I don't know what, but I'm open to learning about myself. What is the feeling you want 2024 to feel like? Um, consistent, but uh, I don't know the word for it. Basically adrenaline. Ooh. Yeah. Like a rush. Yeah, like a rush, but not like a crazy rush, like a consistent, just past my edge rush. The drip of adrenaline. The drip of adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, the drip of adrenaline. I love it. Because that makes you feel alive. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. when when you're, that that to me is the simplest way to feel alive, you know, and you can't jump out of a plane every day, right? Like, yeah. also it will get boring after a while, right? When you see people and you can tell that, they've lost that spark mm. like maybe it's been years since they felt alive what do you think you could tell them if they were open to hearing it that might spark them up again and reconnect with that joy that adrenaline that rush of i am alive mm. i always go back to being a kid i always say what is it you used to do and what did you want to be when you were eight when you were six years old, when you were 12, because that is the purest form of want. What did you want to do when you were 12? Move. Just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to be outside. I just wanted to be having fun. 
moving like it was a lot as i said a lot of football a lot of martial arts a lot of random bike rides a lot of like we used to climb the biggest trees we could find and then absolutely shit ourselves at the top you don't look you don't you don't look down when you're climbing you get all the way to the top you look down you're like oh my look how high we are right now and you are absolutely bricking it um so but, 12, 12 year old ibrahim also wanted the drip of yeah adrenaline. exactly exactly and like we used to go we'd jump on our bikes and we would take a, a small um uh jar like a plastic a plastic jar and we'd go fishing no equipment or anything like that we just like we're gonna catch a fish doesn't matter how long it takes so we used to fashion fishing rods from sticks and like random different bamboo shoots and this kind of stuff and all of these you don't know what you're gonna find but you're gonna figure it out and if you don't catch a fish man you tried it's fun you know so a lot of innocent play mm-hmm. and people have lost that People have definitely lost that. So I always say, go back to what you wanted to do when you were a kid. It's beautiful that you kept that spark of play in your life all throughout with calisthenics. 100%, yeah. It's like that thread yeah, of yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pure movement. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got so happy yesterday when I was at the gym. I was at the gym at like 8.30 yesterday and I was training and I was almost the only one there. And then this probably about five-year-old kid showed up to the gym and I didn't see parents or anything like that. Maybe they were away somewhere else doing something. And and this kid just kind of looked around and was like, whoa, this is cool. And he saw, a, he saw a climbing rope and he saw two boxes and he put one box on one side of the climbing rope, one box on the other side of the climbing rope. And he just started swinging mm. and he just started laughing and swinging. And I just sat and watched him for about 10 minutes and was just like, that's happiness. He doesn't know where he is, doesn't know where his parents are, but he's seen a rope, he's got two plastic boxes, and he's just sending it. And then he got these other little balls that were around the gym, and he just started running around with them, and he started like trying to move move bits here and there. And I call it um, the floor is lava, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. like you're jumping around trying not to touch the floor, using anything but the floor to get around. And that's what this kid was doing, you know? And he was having so much fun. And most kids would have been on their phones or asleep or anything like that, or like waiting, sat waiting for their parents. Whereas this kid was like, I just want to move, man. I just want to, I've got so much energy. Let me use it. If your eight-year-old version was to meet you today, is there anything he would say to you? Thank you for sticking to the script. (laughs) Love yeah. That. Yeah. That's a, been a big thing of mine since I was a kid. Do something today. Your future self will thank you for. When you say sticking to the script, can you elaborate? So being me pretty much, because m- what is my script? What is my story? What is my purpose? My drive going forward? It's mine. You know, it's it, it could potentially be influenced by other people, but it's it's mine, you know? And meeting different people and being around others, uh, like-minded others and things like that can give you more things to add to your story. But essentially, the, the, the core of it is what you want to do, what you want to achieve and who you want to be. And as I said, when I was younger, I wasn't my friend, but I knew deep down that I'm going to do something to make myself proud and make myself enjoy the day to day. And yeah, I did that. I was reading Reality Transurfing recently, amazing book. And in it, Vadim Zeland, the author, he talks about 
lifelines, how everyone has these infinite parallel lifelines. Mm. And it made me think of what is the ideal lifeline for my life? And it's like for you, the script, like what is my ideal script, mm. the movie of my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of adjusting, calibrating your energy, your thoughts, your actions to as much as possible move closer to the ideal timeline that your higher self wants for you. Mm. That's interesting. Do you think there is an ideal one? Like a perfect, not a perfect, I guess, ideal? I think probably from a cosmic perspective, it's all perfect. Yeah. There's no mistakes. Mm -hmm. But there's probably more enjoyable timelines yeah. <laughs> that yeah, you could yeah, access. Yeah. So I think, and I think our intuition is always guiding us towards mm. that. When we have these repeating ideas of, oh, I should move to Bali. Or, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I should start this business. Or, hmm. I should talk to that person. I feel like I could use some mentorship in this area. That's your intuition. That's your higher self communicating with you saying, come this way, come mm -hmm, this way. Mm -hmm. Now we have free will. So we can always say, not ready, too scared, not going to go talk to that person. And then we stay in the current lifeline. Yeah. But there's always that little voice yep. saying, you might enjoy this. Go over here. You know, just give it a go. Give it a go. See where it takes. Try you. it out. Yeah, yeah. So I always pay attention to that, and mushrooms have helped me so much with really? that as well. Of every time I do psychedelics, it's tuning me in. I can actually see in my mind, oh, this is the highest version of myself in this moment that I wow. can access. Okay. And then you come back down to earth from mm -hmm. the trip, and then it's a process of building your way back up to that higher self. And can you build your way up to that higher self? without mushrooms or do you always need mushrooms so the mushrooms what they do is they give me the north star the reference okay. point and then they give me homework nice. that when i come back to my sober self this is what i should do so sometimes it'll be like you need to call this person mm. or you need to apologize to this person because it's blocking you in some way there's resistance Fair. here or you need to start the podcast. What are you doing? You know, so it's like, it'll show you, it'll shine a flashlight on what you most need to see or what you most need to hear. And because you're hearing it from yourself, you can accept it more because right. it's not a guru preaching to you. Mm -hmm. It's your own subconscious mind or the universal superconscious mind yeah. telling you, this is what you need to look at. And sometimes it's hard, like a tough trip. I get, I get excited for those because yeah. that means there's some real work about to go down. Yeah, 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 for sure. This is the dark parts of you that you've not been looking at. You're <laughs> going to look, gonna at, look at this for six yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you come back, you better do the homework. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, repeat yeah. this lesson. <laughs> it's going to keep coming back around until you do the work. Crazy. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, that's, I think that's, because what everyone is always looking for is that, as you said, that North Star. Yes. Right? They're always looking for that. And that's my job as a as a coach is to kind of do my best to help people figure that out, mm -hmm. but then realize that we are right here. And if we want to get to that North Star, what can we do today yes. in the next week? What can we do to move the needle forwards? Because everyone loves looking at the North Star. Everyone loves thinking, looking in the mirror and just visualizing. And everyone's a everyone's a manifesting guru nowadays, right? <laughs> like, let me tell you what your future is supposed to be. What are you manifesting for the future? And it's like, dude, don't get lost in the present, you know? Because it's so easy to just bumble through your day thinking about 
when is this going to happen for me? Why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? Blah, blah, blah. But then you're not actually doing anything to get yourself there. You're just thinking about it. You're just talking about it. There's no real action. As you said, it's supposed to be difficult, right? And you get excited for the difficult because you know that on the other side of that difficult is results. Catharsis. Yeah. You're going to figure something out. Exactly. You're going to see what you have not seen perhaps mm, in years. Mm. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And then it guides you. And And that's powerful because... When you think about there's nothing new under the sun, mm. but then when something is shown to you that allows you to open up, maybe not a new pathway, but maybe a, a closed pathway, uh-huh. right? Like a, a closed way of thinking when, from when you were a kid or from you, you shut something off because of some sort of trauma or something like that. But when, let's say, doing a trip or, or actually asking yourself the difficult questions opens you up to be like, whoa, okay, that's where I need to be putting my energy. That's something that I need to do, be it apologize to someone, go and speak to someone, completely remove a habit from your life, completely include a habit in your life, whatever it is. Move countries. Legit, yeah. Like so many different things. It could be the the, the outcome of so many different things, but if you're not not just looking for it, but if you're not open to receiving it, it's never really going to come. You're always going to kind of miss it. You know, it will be there, but you, you'll you just kind of miss it. Mm. I love what you said about the North Star of bring it to the present moment. And it reminds me of something I read where the author was saying, if you can't create abundance in this moment, where you are now, you're not going to get there. It's not in some future faraway thing. If you can't appreciate the cup of coffee or the ginger and lemon tea Mm -hmm. or the sunset and feel the abundance of that, Mm -hmm. there's no amount of money that will give you that feeling. But if you can feel it now, then the doors open in other ways to reflect the money comes, the opportunities, the people, the friendships, everything under the sun that you want. But it's got to start here. And so I always think, how can I create that flicker, that flame of success right here, right now? How can I create the flame of abundance right now? The Mm -hmm. gratitude, the love, everything and anything that you're seeking, how can you create it in your life today? And it's also your responsibility too, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people will put that responsibility on someone else. Mm, Like their family, their partner, their friends. right? Like my situation is not ideal because of X, because of this person, because of da-da-da-da-da, right? So they're always playing the blame game. But what I realized, and this is actually, it actually came from handstands. Everyone used to say to me, um, I can't wait until I find the balance. And I used, to, I used to think about that. And I didn't know how to answer what at the time, but I th- sat and thought about it for ages. And I thought, when I go into a handstand, I don't just find the balance. I create the balance. Mm. Like I'm the one holding myself up in a handstand. Yep. There's not some <laughs> wind that's holding me up or like some invisible dude. It's me. Right? You create I'm, the balance. I'm creating the balance to hold myself up. Yeah. And then when I started telling people that, they were like, yeah, yeah, of course. I get what you mean. And I was like, no, I don't think you do get what I mean. Because what can you do to create the balance? Yes. What is it that you can do? What is the process of a handstand that allows you to balance? 
And then they started to answer and say, well, yeah, using your fingers, making sure that you're stacked correctly, which means that everything is nice and parallel. Um, and, and from that, they started to create the balance. And I didn't do anything to their handstand. I just told them to think differently. Yeah. You know, I, I gave the responsibility to them. And then I started to think, okay, cool. Yeah, everyone's looking for balance in their life. Everyone's looking for, for you know, um, I can't wait to have a balanced social and, and business and work-life balance, all of this kind of stuff. And I used to think, go and create it then. You know, the reason I enjoy my job the reason I love what I do is because I created it. I created this job for myself. This ties in so beautifully to purpose as well. Yeah. You don't find purpose. You create it. And that's why I said you just have to sit yeah. and, and, and build it. Yeah. I think one of the biggest traps is people think they're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to give it to them. Ugh. They're going to go on some journey and like a treasure chest they're going to open it and it's like ah there it is the but- leprechaun at the end of the <laughs> rainbow right yeah he's got this crazy yeah no i completely agree with you man you, you create it and and i think it's the same thing with clarity mm. you don't find clarity you decide to create clarity exactly. you sit with yourself you look at all the options of your life and you say okay we're gonna get clear on this we're yep. gonna create it yep and that's not easy but it's simple. That's right. All you have to do is sit there, right? You go on a walk, you mm-hmm. take a, a notepad and a pen, mm-hmm. you know, you ask yourself difficult questions, thought provoking questions. Yes. Because otherwise, if every question is, yep, the answer is yep, or sure, or I'm fine, you know, like, what are you ever learning? Right. And also, the other thing that I think about training and personal development and things like that if you always get everything first time life is going to be incredibly boring for you Mm. there's Mm -hmm. nothing that's going to excite you Mm -hmm. right failure is is it leads to excitement right the the all of the failures make the success feel so much better yeah that's so true you know because if you if you never done a backflip before and i was like here's how to do it and then you do it straight away you're gonna be like oh okay yeah, I can do a backflip now. You don't appreciate it. You don't appreciate it at all. And then you keep getting that that success, that success, that success, right? And then you're like, mm-hmm. everything's just a bit naff. Everything's mm-hmm. just a bit, you know, what's the point in doing anything? I get, I get it every single time. You know, what's the point? So true, man. So true. I love what you say. Failure leads to excitement. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Because if you're failing... And then you you make progress, right? And you, you get f- that aha you moment. You get that yes, I figured something out. Yeah, you know, oh, all of that, all of those hours that I just put in, like the pain, waking up with DOMS, you know, uh, be it late nights working on your business or whatever it is, and then you get that aha moment. You get that two percent increase, right? That's happiness because you're building something. That's the difference between serotonin. And um, oh, I, f- I forget the other one, dopamine, right? Like dopamine is is getting likes on your picture and, and all of these short eating a cake and it makes you feel good for five minutes. But the serotonin of happiness is when you build something. Let's say if it's even a plant, right? And you just water that plant every day. You water that plant and then six months later, it has the most beautiful looking flower. 
Yeah. And you're like, wow, look at that. That wouldn't have come, right, if I just, you know, watered it once and just left it. And I gave it that five minutes that it needed. But I gave it something every day. I gave it something every day. I put the work in towards something every day. When you build something, that's happiness because you can look at it and you can even step away from it and it's not going anywhere. You know, that gives you happiness. Raising a family. I mean, I haven't had the the opportunity to do that yet, but raising a family, like looking at your kids and being able to be like, damn, they are some cool people. Yeah. You know, like that would put the biggest, I'd be, I'd be smiling all day, every day, if that was me. All day, every day, just to know that my kids are successful and good people and these different kind of things. That's the difference between dopamine and serotonin, between happiness and happiness. You know, that's true fulfillment. True fulfillment, exactly. Man, you touched on something so resonant. I'm tearing up because it's that is the sweetest things in my life is when I can see that I'm building something and I can see the progress and the every little brick that I've put forth. And now it's coming to fruition mm. and it's, it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick win. It's, no. it's the building and there's so much fulfillment in that. And I love how you, you use the example of the plant of just nurturing a plant, taking care of it, watering it. I read a quote recently, water, what waters you water, what, what nurtures you, what fulfills you, what, mm. what brings you that joy yeah 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 and keep watering those seeds and man there's nothing better than looking in the mirror for example and seeing how you've built your body yeah or looking at your business and Mm -hmm. seeing how years of work have brought you to a certain place yeah 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 for sure and the majority of the things that you have to do in order to do that are not complex there's small steps it's just small steps done over and over again and sometimes as you were saying when you were when you were speaking about building your own Rome and brick by brick, sometimes you're going to put the brick the wrong way. Exactly. You know. Many times. Yeah. You're going to wake up the next morning and go, ah, oh, that was right? a mistake. Exactly. I got to redo that. Exactly. I got to redo that. You know. <laughs> I say. Um, but you're not taking the whole scaffolding no, down. One you're step not destroying back, two forwards. Exactly. That's what it is, and it's okay to to rejig. I used to I used to actually play this game with my with my ex. It's called Bananagrams. Have you ever played that game before? So it's basically about um, uh, kind of like dominoes, but with letters. So each little square has a letter and you get maybe 20 of them and they're all facing upside down so you can't see them. And then you you say flip and you flip them around and you can see P, L, all of these different letters and you have to make words out of them, right? And then let's say you make the word fire right and then using the f you can make another word off the top and then you can make another word and another word and another word and another word and then you realize you've got you've made as many words as you can and you realize you've got these five letters that can't go anywhere right you've you've exhausted your options so what i got taught from my ex was that you just rejig you take one word out maybe two words out and you can make more words with them and you put them back in so I'm not removing the whole thing, just a section. And I'm just rejigging that section. And then what it does is it gives me more opportunity to put more things in, right? To get more out of that area, right? And 
it didn't mean anything to me at the time. And I wasn't very good at the game. I'll be honest. I used to lose. <laughs> I used to lose every time. <laughs> I used to lose every time. Um, you weren't but, rejigging enough. No, exactly. I wasn't rejigging enough because I was slightly afraid to take to take it out. Right. And start not start again, but start again. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I'm not removing everything, but I'm removing a large portion to start again. And that's why I always used to lose. And then recently, what happened? was that in in my life, I was afraid to give something up. And I knew that through journaling, it made me realize that I can't move forward unless I rejig. And then I just thought of bananagrams. <laughs> and I was like, this is the same problem, yeah. just manifesting itself in something completely I different. I love that. I right? love that. So I said to myself, okay, cool. I'm not going to lose this game of bananagrams, <laughs> right? I'm going to rejig this. Um, it's going to hurt. It's going to take some time, but I have to rejig it in order to give me more opportunity to move forwards, Yeah. right? The one step back for two steps forwards. Mm-hmm. And doing it, it was a difficult, um, it was a very difficult decision. And it's it's one that will will sit with me for a while. You know, when change happens, it's going to sit with you. It's going to have an effect on you, but it's okay, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from that, I feel better. Yeah. Although I still feel slightly down, I feel better overall. You feel more alignment. Exactly. I feel like what I did was for the future, for that second step forwards, right? One step back, two steps forwards to take that next step forwards for me. And it meant that I have to do some learning I have to do some um, some sitting with myself and realizing what I've done and how I'm going to get to the next stage using the strategic mindset. And with that, I feel good. You know, I always, um, as I said earlier, by by seeking that form of adrenaline, sometimes it's not a good form of adrenaline, right? Like when I had to make the decision, I had a hole in my stomach and I did not want to do it. I just did not want to do it. But you felt that it would be the correct decision. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And that was through journaling as well. Because being being in Bali, I actually don't have anyone that I'm like close with that knows me. You know how everyone knows knows each other, but no one really knows each other. You know, we haven't been here long enough. I've only been here five months. People have been here a year or two. You know, you can build relationships in that time. But knowing someone, you know, is different. There's a disadvantage to that. There's also an advantage to exactly. that that allows you to recreate yourself. Big time. Become a better person, step into the greater you. Big time, big time. And that's my purpose at the moment. So I have a personal purpose and I have a business purpose, right? Because I am not just my business. You know, I'm still Ibrahim, you know, the the goofy little kid from Oxford that, you know, likes climbing trees and, and bricking it at the top, that kind of thing. Um so my personal purpose moving forwards in this year is to become a, a become a man that I can call my friend. You know, I'm happy with myself. I'm happy who I am. I'm confident in the words I speak, the actions I take, all of these different kind of things. And it gives me that sense of calm because of the confidence. Are you your friend today? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm moving, I'm definitely moving into it for sure. There's been, there's been a few scenarios where I've done some things and I've been like, yeah, 
that's what I wanted to do. That's what I did, even though it was difficult. Yeah, that's a pat on the back for me. Thank you for sticking to the script, that kind of thing. That difficult decision you mentioned, is it too personal to go into? Uh, not really, no. I mean, it's basically breaking up with my ex. Oh, I see. Because we moved, we actually moved to Bali together and she was probably the only person that knew me. And Bali wasn't really for her. I, when I came here, was in awe. I felt like I had... Discovered a new level to the video game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know when, like, you play Assassin's Creed <laughs> and you get all of the new swords and you get all of the new fits and you get all of the new skills? I thought, oh, my God, look at this wealth of stuff that I can use. And it went... It, it, it showed in my social media. It showed in my... my um experiences and conversations with people and things like this it showed at the gym it showed in so many different ways but for my ex it, it I don't think it did she didn't get the same feeling that I got and that that to her was a little bit um demoralizing and we actually had an open conversation about it and she was jealous of me in a way because I was doing so well and she had the intention of coming to Bali and doing so well too we both did you know we were in the same industry she helped me massively with my business she helped me massively with my mindset we were a very good um we were very good for each other you know in that sense of the the personal growth and then it started to diminish you know it started to get slightly harder it started to get slightly harder and initially I was supposed to go and travel with her to um, Antigua, where her family live. And then things happened and I wasn't able to go, but she still went. And obviously that's one side of the planet to the other side of the planet. You know, that was more, we've done long distance before, but that was way more than long distance now. And it kind of became apparent that we weren't going to continue things, you know, even though that to me was... Like, this is pretty much my best friend. This is like the person that I'm in love with. This is the person that I wanted to, you know, live life with. And, and you know how they say grow with someone? I decided that was going to be her, you know. And by traveling and, and separating and these kind of different things, that was difficult. And we still stayed in, in touch. And, and she helped me with business. And, you know, she, I actually employed her to work for me and this kind of stuff. But I realized... I'm not going to be able to move forwards and she's not going to be able to move forwards if we're still trying to cling on to this thing that we've got. And that was the difficult, the difficult decision where it was like, look, this person is fantastic for me. This person is meaningful to me. This person is life-changing. They helped me a lot dis uh, discover who I am. And I, you don't want to let that go, you know? But it's meant to be a season. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it was... It was difficult and like I still think about it a lot but at the same time it doesn't stop me from moving forwards you know it's okay to 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 grieve yeah you know we grieve relationships I think it's such a normal part but we don't realize that grief comes not just from death but the death of a relationship mm. it's even if she's still in your life it's not the same yeah yeah, yeah. nor is it supposed to be yeah yeah and 
letting go of people, man, it's 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 tough. Yeah, for sure. It's the maybe some of the toughest decisions in life, but you always know when you're acting in integrity and alignment. And if you make that decision from alignment, it can only create alignment. This is something I learned from a recent podcast guest. She said, alignment creates alignment. And what she meant by that was, because we were talking about, how do you say no to someone? You know, like they want you to do something. You want to help them, but it's just not a fit. Mm -hmm. And I would feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, because when you say no out of alignment for yourself, you don't know what kind of alignment it creates for them. Your no could unlock the next step of their journey in the video game. So an ex is a great example. You break up with someone because you feel, I need my alignment in Mm -hmm. this way. You are also creating, doors will open for her, Mm -hmm. for her alignment in ways that you cannot see that she will see. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that, you know, when she said alignment creates alignment, it really brought things into focus for me yeah that's a very good way of thinking about actually yeah yeah for sure no i say that to a lot of people a lot of the time if 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 it doesn't align with where you need to go just don't do it Mm -hmm. you know because when you have that understanding of oh i'm going this way and then someone tries to draw you over to the left and you are so committed to going this way yeah the instant answer is no yeah. Because, oh no, sorry, that's actually not the direction I'm going in. If you're trying to get to the airport and someone t- someone says, take that left and go to the beach instead, you're like, no, I'm trying to get to the airport. You know, that's my destination. I want to get to the airport. So I'm going to go and follow the route to the airport. That's going to take me, if I go that way, that's going to take me another four hours to get there. That's not what I'm going to do, you know, but it's quite difficult to do that with a lot of people. The main one is drinking, right? People mm. don't want to drink. But then everyone around them is drinking, so they end up doing it, you know. And then they get to the next day and the next day and the next day. And then months go by and they're still drinking and months and then years go by and they're still like, I just feel so upset that I'm still drinking. Yeah. You know, I feel so upset that these things are still going on. And it's like, it's okay to say no. It's an art of saying no. It's such a, it's a skill as well big time and it's the reps yeah the more you say no in alignment and integrity the mm-hmm. better you are at saying no quickly and effectively yep. when future situations come up yeah 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 it's been a huge lesson for me in 2023 and and also in 2024 i'm i'm getting the fruits of that the nice. lesson that i learned i'm much better at saying no this mm. is not an alignment we are moving this way yeah and with the drinking i think it's an interesting example because I see two facets to that. I'm sure there's more, but one facet is knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. When you know yourself and you've already pre-decided, I am not the type of person who drinks, it's actually a very easy no. Yeah. Sort of like when people say I'm vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even a question at that point. Do you you want to try this chicken? Mm. It's like, no, I've already pre-decided. Yeah. Maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. And that decision can change depending on what the person grows and becomes later on but in the moment they've already made the decision so it's knowing deeply who you are and then the second thing which people they don't want to hear this but you got to stop hanging around with the people that are drinking like how can you expect to put yourself constantly in environments where others are doing one action 
and you have to then discipline yourself to do another. Yeah. Wouldn't it be far easier to maybe get a new social circle yeah. that already understands the benefits of not drinking? Like, yeah. for me, I have my own challenges, but drinking is not one of them at all. No. Because no one in my life drinks. Yeah, right. It doesn't even come up. Every gathering I host or attend, Yeah. it's not even... A, maybe, like, occasionally someone will order a wine or something. Yeah. But for me, it's such a non-issue, but it's a non-issue... Not because I'm smarter or more disciplined. Mm -hmm. It's purely an environmental thing. I've right. designed my life. Created it. Created it. There you go. Decided these are the types of people that I want in my life. Exactly. And I'm sure you've seen the same in your life where 100%. you have crafted the social circle of your life yep. to align you mm -hmm. in the direction of your North Star. Exactly that. Uh, a very powerful phrase that I live by is to avoid still people and i yes. made a post about this the other day because you did you said avoid still people like a disease <laughs> yeah because they are uh -huh. right? tell like, me more about this think about that that scenario that you just said if you're going one way which is the 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 way of cleaning your body non-toxic whatever it might be and everyone you're around is drinking mm -hmm. what happens you end up drinking i guarantee it no level of discipline is gonna is gonna hold you back from that i'm telling you if you're around them every week for a whole year you're gonna drink same thing with weed same anything, thing with anything anything literally porn and and it also goes for the good that's right right that's right so when you avoid still people and still people for the the definition and the meaning of the phrase is people that are still broke pessimistic complaining negative toxic and worst of all in the same place as last year yeah because you can tell that if someone is if someone is not moving forwards right neither are you Mm -hmm. If your five friends are not moving forwards, if your five friends are all broke, if your five friends are all out of shape, if your five friends are all pessimistic, you're going to be number six. 100%. 100%. I also heard this incredible phrase from Sahil Bloom where he said, you know, the common phrase is you are the sum of the five people closest to you. Mm. But he added a nuance to it. He said, you're actually... Out of those five people, the one that is the lowest common denominator, that is what you'll become. Mm -hmm. So you might have four incredible, motivated, ambitious, driven people in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that fifth person that always gives you the ick, always leaves you feeling a little bit drained, a yeah. little bit pessimistic, that's the common denominator that you're going to become. Really? And yeah, apparently they did a study on this. And, okay. And so it's even scarier than yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, five yeah. people. It's actually yeah, yeah, the one yeah. person in your life yeah, yeah, that's yeah. holding you back, that you feel is holding you back. Guess what? They are holding you back and more than you think. <laughs> Way more than you think. This is, what people, this is what people don't realize. They think that... Ah, you know, I've known that guy for so long. We're like brothers, man. You know, like me and him, we go way back. And and you don't realize that the energy that they're draining from you, the thoughts that they're making you have that don't put you in the right direction. They're renting space in your head and you only have so much space. Yeah, you only have so much space. So I say avoid them, you know, mm. I leave them on red, right? If they message, read it, don't reply, just dip. And it's okay, you know, being being choosing solitude rather than being in a group of people and feeling alone mm. is way better for you. 
you know? 100%. Some of my deepest transformations came from months of being mostly alone. Yeah. And then after the transformation, that season of transformation comes to a close, then I can go out and socialize Uh as that new person. Yeah. But if I was trying to integrate while also mingling with old energies, man, that slows you down. It's like two magnets the uh the same side the north and the north right yeah, like yeah. the same polarity same polarity they're not gonna connect mm-hmm. you know so you're trying to put two things together that just can't go together mm-hmm. you know you're trying to you're trying to grow but at the same time stay where you are how does that make sense you know yeah beautifully said right? yeah very very important for people to realize that that it's it is okay to spend time by yourself to better yourself. If you're forcefully putting yourself in your room all day, every day, and just watching Netflix and doing this kind of stuff, no, go out and party, right? Go out and and, and do whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because at least you're outside socializing because we are social human beings. Be conscious about it. Exactly. If you need a break, yeah. go take a conscious break. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, if I want to just surf the web yeah. and, like, go on Instagram, I'll do it. I'll be like, okay, this is what I've decided to do. It's actually energetically different than doing it haphazardly and not not paying attention yeah, to the energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you say, okay, I'm going to eat this junk food, and then you feel bad. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this is why I didn't eat junk food before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just reminds you. Reaffirms it. Reaffirms it, just... and then you go back to the North Star. To the, it Always back to the North Star. And, and that could be literally the one thing that guys take away from, guys and girls take away from this podcast is that like, find your north star and it may move as you grow older you know it may continue to just seem like it's a million miles away but as long as you're just looking for your north star because that to me comes above everything Mm. it comes above everything especially as a man like women will be more attracted to you when you have one Mm -hmm. you know your friends will treat you with more respect because you have work to do your family will be able to rely on you because they know that you're someone who is of purpose who is of value so everything always comes back down to your purpose it comes back down to the reason why you're here and i also think that there's a deeper reason to why we're here which doesn't require purpose but that's like a, an even deeper question, which I'd, which I'd like to go into with you is like, yes. why are we even here? Right. You know, okay. like taking the purpose out, taking the job, taking the, the um, career. career and all of these different kind of things out of it. Why are we actually here? Mm. That's something I've been thinking about recently. And it's like, dude, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. So interesting. It's the ultimate question, man. It's what... It's what, when I discovered psychedelics, I got super excited Mm. because I felt like they were giving me answers to that. I remember, people have heard this story on the podcast before, but when I smoked DMT for the first time. Whoa. And I could see the raw source code of reality is how I would describe it. Okay. Not the uh, desktop icons that feel tangible Mm. and real, but the actual energetic frequency and vibration of things, everything, the books that we're talking about, like the spiritual books, and I could see it. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so we do live in a hologram. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. But, you know, to literally see it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, changes yeah, yeah. your life. For sure. So your question is beautiful. Why are we here? Why are we here? You know, the, 
the simplest answer that I found is this is a school for consciousness. It's uh-huh. a game we choose to come and play. It has a finite end. No matter what, you're going to die. Yeah. So you always get an exit out of the game, yeah. even if it's a very shitty round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, it'll be over soon. <laughs> um, but it's meant to, to stretch us, to make us grow. Mm. You know, I feel like when they say on the, on the highest level, you are already whole. You are already complete. Yeah. But you come here for the illusion of separation, the illusion of incompleteness. So you get, you can play the game. Mm. You can find your way back to God. You can find your way back to the unity. And that really resonates with me. It's not a new idea. It's something people have probably heard before. But the idea of this is a school for your soul. Okay. And we've probably come here many, many times yep. in different incarnations to learn different lessons or maybe the same lesson when we need a repeat. I'd love to hear what you think. There's always something to learn, right? There's always something to learn. And yeah. I mean, just every year I've been learning more and more. And I think it's partly because I'm more aware. Oh, yeah. The awareness is higher. When mm-hmm. I was a young kid, it's like you just miss so much. Yeah. And it makes me think, oh, wow. So the 50-year-olds and the 60-year-olds, how aware are they? <laughs> yeah, right. Like we think of them as like so far away mm-hmm. in terms of age. But A, they're still little kids inside, just with an older body. Of course. And B, the amount of wisdom and experience and and the intuition that they must have. I'm like, huh, I should I should talk to more 50-year-olds. Yeah. That's super interesting to think that actually, because yeah, similar experience to me as I've gotten older, I've become more aware. I think that's the one massive key to us being here is awareness you know, aware, awareness of your surroundings and, and coming back to this moment, even though we are in this, this world, just being in this moment. But I think something that's come up recently for me thinking why we're here is to experience, Mm. you know, like I believe we are all of the same thing. I don't know what it is, but we're here to experience however we experience, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't, I definitely want to think about it more and go deeper, but your experience is different to my experience. And then the cool thing is we can share those experiences. So you're like, whoa, I never thought that something like that could happen, yeah. but that's actually someone's experience, you know? So for me, there's, so much to experience and i've and i've come to that realization pretty much this week you know uh, through journaling is that i'm here to experience so i want to go and do it as much as possible and and similar to what you said about that there's always a lesson to be learned like we're here to play the game and and learn the lessons experience is a lesson you know, because you can learn what to do, you can learn what not to do, you learn what works, what could work better, so many different things. But the only way you learn is awareness. Mm. So, yeah. Experience. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of 8 billion souls, each having their own worldview. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of it like 8 billion different softwares. Right? Yeah, right. And when two people meet and they chat, they are sharing software. Mm. Oh, how do you think about life? Ah, 
oh, that's the limiting belief that you have. Oh, but what does that say about me? And then it's like sharing software and mm-hmm. apps mm-hmm. and installing apps. When yep, you yep, can yep. learn from someone, you've installed their app yep, in yep, your system. Yep, yep. And now you get to see the world still through your own lens, always through your own unique code, but borrowing a few ideas from this person, a few ideas from this book. Mm-hmm. And isn't that such a sweet experience? Definitely, definitely. That's why I think uh, I think it was Jim Rohn that said, I can't believe people don't read because you literally get to experience someone's wisdom yeah. of 60, 70, 80 years compressed yeah. in a 100-page book why would you not want to learn from their experience? Oh man, that's so powerful. And that was one of the lessons that Jim Rohn taught me for sure. That's what got me into reading. You know, I don't read as much as I should, but when it comes to reading, that it's literally that whole person's thought process. Mm-hmm. And the best, the, the most exactly, succinct, exactly. smartest thoughts that they've had. They're not going to put their dumb thoughts no, in a book. Exactly. And you get you get the best of that person. Yeah. And you don't want it. You know, because it's like, ah, you know, when people look at buying a pair of shoes and the shoes are $50, $60, you know, and they're like, bang, that's a good deal. And then a book is $15 and they're like, too much it's kind of pricey man you know a book for 15 dollars, dude damn i mean maybe i'll just go and buy a burger for 15 dollars instead you know that's that's something that fascinates me when it comes to people's priorities and this different kind of things but it means that they're just not aware well, it's yeah. like you also said the story that they're telling. Like yeah. with the gym, the story is it's a chore. Mm-hmm. With the book, uh, it's a chore. Mm-hmm. If you think of a book as an app yeah, with the smartest thoughts of this person, on any topic you want in the world, you can find <laughs> the best book about it. Yeah, you want to yeah. learn more about sales? Here's 10 books, top mm-hmm. best-selling books. You want to learn about philosophy? Here they are. Mm-hmm. It's right there. And all it is, it's a willingness to learn. Yep. To be open-minded yep. and to allow the book to change you. Allow the book to change allow you. Allow the book That's, to change you. Wow, yeah, people need to hear that. You have to say that again. Allow it to change you. That's so important, man. Like so many people are looking for change, but then when it comes their way, they shut off from it, you know? And that's something that people, if you just... Maybe it's the whole little and often thing again. You don't need to change everything about yourself today. Just change one thing. If let's say it's your outfit, right? And, and your outfit is just off, but you, you don't want to change all of it. You just change your right sock. Hmm. You know, no one's even going to see it because you're wearing a shoe, you know? But then you change, I don't know, your watch. You change something very insignificant, but to you, it has a big impact. Yeah. You know, and that's what's important is that you're you're taking the steps to to make those changes. And when it comes to learning off of people that are also like some of these people that write books are dead. We're never going to be able to meet those people, but we can still learn from them. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, one of the best exercises, I believe Napoleon Hill called it the mastermind, which is you take the five historical figures that you most resonate with dead or living could be Steve Jobs, could be Einstein, could be Alexander the Great. And you, in your mind, go to a room, round table, and they're all sitting with you. Nice. And you say, guys, this is my problem. I just broke up with my ex. I'm feeling shitty. 
what would Steve Jobs say about that? Mm. And you instantly hear his energy. Yeah. If you've read his books or understand who yeah. he is. Okay, what would what would uh, Caesar say about this? What would Napoleon say about this? And you can also bring like people that you know into the circle. Mm-hmm. Like, what would my mom say about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just the most incredible thing. Your brain will conjure up thoughts that are not yours, mm-hmm. or perhaps they're yours, but they're of a different flavor. You don't usually yep. access them. Yeah, and that's because you're asking yourself those questions. Most people just won't. But it's it's a skill in itself. It's a very uncomfortable skill, but it it becomes something that you you learn how to do on a frequent basis to be like, okay, what what would this person think? You know, what influences have they had on me that I can continue in my life? Whether it's a, a routine influence, whether it's a thought influence, whether it's a you know a, a, a speech influence or anything like that, right? You can ask yourself, what 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 have they had on me? You know, and how can I take that forwards? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's something that I think should be taught maybe like people should understand because a lot of people can resonate with what we're talking about, but do they do it? Kids know it innately. They ask questions all the time Yeah. and we get older, the ego gets stronger. Mm. We don't want to look dumb. Yep. We don't want to ask dumb questions and we stop asking. And we think it's this aesthetic thing that we're doing, like, oh, we just don't want other people to see that we don't know something. But it actually influences how we think inside. Interesting. So where no one knows what we're thinking. But if you stop asking questions on the outside, guess what? You're also going to stop getting curious about the inside. For sure. And so people think their thoughts are private. You can actually tell everything that everyone is thinking just by looking at what they're talking about how they're speaking, mm-hmm. how they're walking, yep. how they're standing. Yep. Everything is right there, visible. Yep. We've just been taught to be blind to it, yep. Yep. to not judge the book by its cover. Mm. I always think, no, you should judge a book by its Definitely. cover. Not in a judgmental way, but open your eyes and just look at the truth in front of you. Yes. And then there will be no red flags that you didn't see in someone. Because your eyes are open. Mm-hmm. You're actually perceiving not what they're saying, but who they are. Mm. Do you think there's a daily practice that people can do to better themselves towards that? Mushrooms. <laughs> Maybe not daily. <laughs> I think sitting with yourself and examining your life and looking in the mirror and examining yourself is the greatest practice for that. Mm-hmm. If you can start to identify and listen to what life is trying to teach you. Mm -hmm. Anywhere where you feel the littlest resistance or the biggest block, that's life signaling to you. Just like pain in the body is signaling. Mm. While life is doing, I think, the same thing to us wherever we feel the block. Wherever you feel drained every time you look at that or negative thoughts every time. you That's life saying important. Yeah, yeah, Pay attention. Pay attention. We do the opposite. Oh, I'm not going to look at that. Mm. So life needs to scream louder yeah. and louder. And then we get into some chaotic situation that really slaps now it's us too around. Late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wakes us up. Mm. So, yeah, my friend likes to say uh, the mother, like Mother Ayahuasca or Mother Earth, yep. she she talks in whispers mm-hmm. and you have to listen Yeah. before it becomes the screams. 
I think also on that is you can listen, but do you hear it? Because people are trying to, people are trying to listen out for these different kind of things, but they're still with the bad habits that are in their head, right? So you can you can hear a scream, but you have to listen really hard to hear a whisper. You know, you have to be really present. You have to be here and open to it, you know, because if Mother Nature is whispering and you're kind of just bumbling through your day with your AirPods in and, and you know, just monotonous li- lifestyle, right? 100%. You miss them. This is where meditation is so key. Mm. Like you said, even the uh, simplest meditation of lie down on your bed and just allow the thoughts to run through you. Yeah. No fancy breathing. You don't have to do a mantra. You don't have to focus on anything. Literally clear your inbox. Yeah. With silence. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned AirPods because I love AirPods. But I notice if I'm constantly plugged in all day, I'm not leaving room. That silence to hear the messages that life is trying to tell mm. because i'm constantly bombarding myself with music podcasts audiobooks it's all great but you need that silence yeah and for me like the morning is a perfect time you wake up you go outside you just sit with yourself evening is great too i don't always do it but that's a great time right before bed you know just and also prayer you know people think of prayer as Asking Santa for something. Yeah. You know, but it's really about nurturing the relationship with the divine. Ooh, yes. Like when you call a friend, not because you want something from them, but to nurture the friendship. Mm-hmm, How mm-hmm. have you been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, going yeah. on with you? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing with God, divine source. Are you sitting at least 10 minutes a day just listening? Hi, God. What's up? Yeah. You know, and just allowing that presence to permeate you. God is always with us, but are we listening? Exactly that. And and I think we spoke about this right at the start. Everything is pretty much right in front of you. Oh, yeah. All the time. But we've just got blinders on to, I don't know, the next big thing, the next million dollar idea, the next uh, whatever it is. Everyone's trying to be the Elon Musk, as you said. And, and that's where I personally feel quite different is because... I do try my best to be like right here, mm, right I now. I feel that. I feel know? that. And From the moment I met you, I felt the presence. Yeah. It's in your eyes. Yeah. And that's and that for me is just a lot simpler to do, you know, than thinking about all of the ideas that run through your head and all of this and all of that and these so many different things. But yeah, as you said, like God is right here. The divine is right here. Open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Close your mouth <laughs> and open your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. an it's an amazing feeling to just be in silence. I train majority of the time without music, um, and it's just nice. You know, I also do that because it means that I don't become reliant on something. You know, as as adults and humans, we have these these things that we use that allow us to be our best selves. You know, for example, um, people drink coffee because it, you know, it, it's 
it wakes me up and it does this and it does that. And then you get a tolerance to it and you have to have three, four, five coffees a day. Same with music, same with, with smoking, same with drinking, same with, you know, being on your phone and this kind of stuff. I have this thing and I don't know where it came from, but every now and then, maybe month or, or however week or something, I'll just switch it all off to mm. show myself that I can do it. I can live without it. Do you feel a detox? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't do it for a detox. I do it for the sole purpose of realizing that I'm me and I don't need it. I want it, you know? So when I drink coffee, I only drink coffee if I'm about to work. I drink it for its purpose, you know? Coffee to me doesn't taste nice, you know? Like, um, it's, well, it's, it's, it's a bean soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you really right? think about exactly. it. Exactly. And, and. <laughs> As a as someone who thinks a lot about nutrition, obviously having nice food is tasty and things like that, but I eat it for its nutritious value, you know? I I don't mind eating legit steak and eggs, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Same, same. If it hits my protein goals and it gives me the minerals and vitamins I need, sweet, I'll eat it. I used to order out so much mm. and now I just make the simplest meals. Yeah. And... It's so nourishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the other things about getting more mature over time is you're not driven by the taste of things. Mm. You have a broader perspective on things. Like even I have this chocolate, which is pure dark chocolate. As a kid, I would have been like, oh, where's the sweetness? Yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is yeah, so that's bitter. horrible. Yeah, exactly. Now I eat it and I can taste the, the notes of the chocolate and the mm. flavor. And I'm like, Oh, thank God there's no sugar. Here yeah, yeah, Because yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be able to taste exactly. it. Exactly. Same exactly. thing with coffee. I used to put sugar in my mm -hmm. coffee. Stop doing that. Yep. If I was to put sugar now, I'd be like, what, what is this? It's ruined it. It's ruined it. Yeah. It's too much. Exactly. It's too strong. But when there's no sugar, oh, I can taste, okay, I can taste the milk and the coffee. And mm. okay, this is interesting. Yeah, the yeah. The notes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the subtleties. Definitely, definitely. And as you said, that's listening. That's That's actually experiencing what it is that you're doing yeah. you know fully because just drinking a cup of coffee like waking up making the coffee is a nice experience then coming outside looking at this beautiful garden and just listening to the birds feeling the the hot coffee go down your throat and tasting the milk and the coffee you know that requires a level of presence and also concentration you know And a lot of people don't have that. It's just quick, get it down. You, I've got to go to work or I've got to do this. Or I've got to get the kids up or I've got to, got to, got to, got to, oh, I should, I should, I should, I should, you know, and they, and they miss the importance of actually experiencing things just happen to them. You're running on your way to somewhere so fast. You don't see the flowers. You don't see the mm. sunset. You don't see the birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you, you get to the end of your life and you're like, Who I, who was I working for, mm -hmm. actually? Mm -hmm. What was I doing all that yeah. for? Yeah. How many times did I laugh? How many times did I, like, fall on my face and, you know, think, fuck, I'm an idiot, you know? How many times did I help somebody for nothing? You know, mm. something I wrote down today. And, and in, my, in my community, I ask them a question every day. And today's question was, how can you help someone today? You know, even if it is literally just someone dropped their wallet and you just picked it up and gave it to them that's helping someone by the way that's the key to abundance yeah 
stop thinking how can i help myself and mm-hmm. start thinking how can i help more people exactly and by providing value you'll naturally find your way into opportunities and places to create that value and then provide that service and abundance will yeah come. most definitely most definitely yeah and it's sounds counterintuitive because everyone we've always been taught from a young age like we need to be winning we what's in it to, for me yeah exactly i'm not going to be there if there's nothing in it for me you know and my my origin story actually was training in the park you know when i this is when i when i created my community and i didn't do it for money i didn't do it for anything i was training and i literally just was saying to people i made a poster and i was like if you want to come and train with me feel free I'm just training by myself at the moment and I've been doing it for months now. It'd be nice to train with someone, you know? And months went by. No one came, no one came, no one came. But I was like, someone will eventually come. I'm going to carry on training. Someone will eventually come. People would rip my posters up. People were doing this, people were doing that. And I was like, Someone's, someone will eventually come. And somebody did. Um, and I got to help them. I love that. And they helped me at the same time. Like they helped me in the sense of I wasn't alone. So I was now given this sense of i i want to go there even more yeah. and then i got to help the person unlock their first muscle up and and multiple muscle ups after that and we just built the the most insane bond and then that became three people four people and then i had a group of 10 people who eventually were all paying me you know and i never did it for money i did it because i want to exercise and i want to do it with people and and some good music and outdoors and this kind of thing and now it's turned into my full-time job where i've moved across the world and i get paid to do so and yeah it's now my full-time career and that was simply because i just wanted to help people and do it with people yeah dude that's such a beautiful origin story mm thank you man yeah it was I'm just going to do this thing in the park because I love it. And if anyone wants to come join me, here's the invitation. Yeah. And then you stick to it. You're doing it with pure intention, not some sort of, I want to get something out of this intention. Mm. And then the doors open. One person, two people. Floodgates open. Yeah. Everyone comes. Everyone wants to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. And it it solely came from me learning something and it feeling so cool to learn that new thing and then showing someone else how to do that thing and it feeling even cooler mm. because the look on their face mm. the feeling that they've got the the excitement inspiration the happiness that they've got i was like dude that's like a free high yeah you know like that feeling there when someone goes home and they say babe look what i just did Yes. And they're like, how did you do that? And they say, Ibrahim taught me. Yeah. Right. And for me, that's everything. Like I, I've probably seen like three or four people in the gym um, where I train at the moment. And every time I see someone struggling with something to do with calisthenics, I offer help. And and they leave that that um, conversation and, and that that scenario with the biggest smile on their face. Mm. And that to me is everything. That to me is everything because they've learned something. I live by teach a man a fish. Uh, so Sorry, give a man a fish. He eats for a day. Teach a man a fish. He eats for a lifetime, right? If I can teach you something, then I know you can go away a better person. Not just better for that five minutes. Not just the dopamine. You've actually got serotonin. Yes. 
And we we feel so much more fulfillment giving than receiving. If you ever notice when you give a gift to someone, you're more happy by their reaction Mm -hmm. when you get a gift. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a cool gift, it's actually nicer to give. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Um, And I used to think that it was almost a selfish thing as well because... I want to do it because it makes me feel right, good. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? But what I realized is that you're still doing a good thing because everything in today's world is pretty much selfish, you know? We're either doing it for ourselves, as in like I'm actually taking something, I'm getting something from this, or the same way that I just explained is that like I'm doing it because I like the feeling that, that it gives that person, it makes me feel good. So technically it's still for me as well. You know, so it just made me think that everything is everything is selfish, you know, and and that's not a bad thing at all because you're you're providing something of value, of positivity, of spreading something that can grow. You remind me of something Abraham Hicks said in one of their books. They said, everyone is inherently selfish. You cannot help but see through the eyes of self. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about becoming this selfless being because if you are not selfish and fill your own cup first you actually can't help other people that's everything to me 100 and i made a post about that recently too basically in my so i have an email newsletter that i that i put out to my subscribers every week and that was one of the topics stop trying to help others before you help yourself Mm -hmm. and that was probably when i started to become my friend was when Mm. I started to help myself and I started to realize this isn't good for me. I need to go down this route and this is where I want to be and this is the skill that I want to have and this is the value that I want to provide. So I have to fill my cup in order to do that because if I can't do something, I'm never going to teach someone how to do it. If someone comes to me and says, I want you to teach me how to do martial arts, right? If I don't know how to do it, I'm openly and okay with saying, I can't do that. I'm sorry. You know, if that's something that I want to learn, I'll go down the route and learn it. Then eventually I can teach you. But if it's not me, that's not part of my cup. That's that's not in my bag. I can't give that to you because it's not there. I'd be lying. I'd be scamming. I'd be a fraud. It's paradoxical because we we just spent 10 minutes talking about giving to others. Mm. But there is that flip side of you have to run your own race first. You do. You do. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of your energy. Have proper boundaries in place. Make sure your energy field, your environment, your friends, yeah. everything is aligned. Yeah. And then you can really give from a very true place mm. because you're not giving out of desperation or, or um, misguided sense of, oh, if I give, I'll get something back. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're truly, you're full. You have more than enough. And now you want to give. Yeah, you're overflowing heart. almost. You're overflowing, that, that's yeah. abundance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Overflowing, more than enough, mm-hmm. enough for everyone. That's the key feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, t- in today's world of social media, it's, it's bred a 
society of people that are always trying to give something because on your social media you're posting something and it's it's something of value of entertainment of this of that and and people are always trying to get the likes the views this kind of different stuff so they'll regurgitate information they'll you know not actually have the results but they'll just use a form of ai or or you know copyrighted from somewhere else and use someone else's stuff and that kind of thing so in in that in that sense so many people have gone down that route of i'm this this guru trying to give this information but for me if it hasn't happened to me and if if i haven't achieved it and i haven't done it i'm not going to speak on it you know i'm not going to say like this is this is what you should this is how it works this is this for example let's say we've got like ai or crypto or something like that i don't know enough to give information on that yeah know? the the times in my life where i've put a foot in my mouth is when I started talking about things that I have no business talking exactly. about. Exactly. And so these days, I will only speak on something with definitiveness, you know, yeah. with clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I truly know my shit. 100%. Yeah, Otherwise, 100%. I don't know. Is exactly. The best three words. And, I don't know. And that's fine to that's fine to be able to do that as well. I learned that when I when I um actually had a job selling suits and watches and stuff like that ah that's people where you would, got your style <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so people would people would come to me and and ask me about some some new thing and when i was new at the job i didn't know right and i used to go to them and be like look in all honesty i actually don't know what that material is i don't know this and i don't know that and they were so much more um uh happy to hear that rather than me just spew some waffle right and then then be like you're lying. I now need to go and talk to someone else, right? So you've wasted their time. You've made yourself look like an idiot. They know they no longer are going to trust you. They don't have a good impression of you. But if you're authentic and, and charismatic enough to say, do you know what? It's actually my first week here. I don't know. They'll be like, oh, okay. That's so endearing. Yeah. Thank you for being honest. Do you know someone that does, right? And then also, if you don't know something and it's part of your let's say job to know and you don't go and learn and then you're there for three four months you are now a, a moron in my opinion you should <laughs> you should have that was your job you should have learned that right so if you're there three four months later and you still don't know okay yeah you've got some that's work to do yeah that's on you but being charismatic and open enough and and saying look no i don't know you know i don't know any, everything about health and fitness i'm learning every day mm. i'm learning every day you know, but what I do know is the stuff that's worked for me, the stuff that's worked for my clients. And that's what I can help with, right? Because that's the journey that I'm going down and we're going down together as a community is we're all learning at the same time. I'm just learning a day before them. Right. You know, I learn something and I think about it for a month or two and I'm like, whoa, and I do my tests and I do these different kind of things. And then I say to them, guys, this is what I figured out. And if you do this, you get this. And then they're like, all right, let's try it. And then they get it too, you know? So I'm just doing it prior to them. But that's why I've become a coach is because I do the work that is required to get the result. You yeah. know, it hasn't just come to me, you know? Nothing has just come to me. And when I realize it's been a long time, that makes me feel good about it as well, you know? Because it didn't happen overnight at all. You've stacked your wins. Yeah, massively, massively. That's a big part of self-identity is where can you keep stacking the wins and stacking your knowledge so mm. that there is no such thing as imposter syndrome at that point because you know that no i actually have years of experience in this yep 
personal experience, knowledge from books, knowledge from other teachers, and it's like all combined together yep. into your unique strengths, mm. your unique flavor, the yeah, Ibrahim yeah, yeah. flavor yeah, of yeah, calisthenics, yeah, yeah, yeah. which sure. no one can replicate. Exactly that. And that makes you a master at your craft mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in what you do. That's something huge as well in today's world is that what's your flavor? What's your flavor? I can't replicate James's flavor, mm. no matter how hard I try. So everyone that's trying to be someone and everyone that's trying to make it, that's my best advice to them. Um, I have a client that I, that I work with and she has committed herself to the cause and she's absolutely fantastic. And she's recently started posting on uh, social media as well. And, and she asked me if I could give her some tips and, and, and help her out. And I just said to her, look, be you on camera. If you're the funky, goofy person, be it. If you're the serious person that never smiles and never shows your face, be it. Because you will never have to try. You will just be you, you know? And people, there are so many fitness videos of people doing pull-ups, of people doing this, of people doing that. And after a while, it gets a bit boring because a pull-up is a pull-up, no matter who does it. But what makes it different is that I'm doing the pull-up. Ibrahim's doing the pull-up. And who is Ibrahim? Ibrahim is this guy that does this, that believes that, that has come from here. Because you can't copy that. AI can't copy that. You know, that's me. And when people, when you meet people that are truly themselves, they have that energy, that influence, and that feeling when you're around them, that that's someone I want to be around more. You know, because fakeness you see straight through it. And if you don't see straight through it, and then you do start to see it later on, you you start to resent it very quickly. Mm. Like, oh, you cheated me. You you made me feel this way and, and that wasn't your agenda. So you already trust is gone. But when someone is themselves and there's no agenda and there's no there's no feeling of I'm trying to get something out of this person, yeah. it's so easy to be around them. Yeah. You don't have to try. And if you're not around them and then you come back after six months and you spend time with them, it feels like you're with them yesterday because they're still them. They haven't changed for money or fame or whatever it might be. So that's my advice to people that are trying to figure out what to do. Find your purpose is who are you? Find yourself. Find yourself. Fill your own cup. The best line I've read recently from Reality Transurfing was stay true to your own credo. Mm. In a world that is trying to shape you into all sorts of other people and do this thing, this is trendy, stay true to your own credo. And if you look at the greats, whichever industry you're in, the reason they're iconic is because they're so true to their own credo, they don't give a flying yeah, yeah, hoot yeah, yeah, yeah. why someone is doing this or this. They're just, they're themselves. Mm -hmm. And you instantly recognize their flavor. Yep. And you might say, that's not for me, but you respect mm -hmm. that they've stayed true to their credo. You have to give them respect for that. You just, you can see it. Yep. And yep. It's, uh, it's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Versus someone who is... They're trying to copy someone else's approach, which blocks them from discovering their uniqueness. Mm -hmm. They're trend hopping, they're, you know, onto the next big thing and they're, they're trying to capitalize on that. And it doesn't come from a place of genuine um, authenticity. 
mm-hmm. and you can see that. And when you see that, it's it gives a bad taste in someone's mouth. It's like, mm, I thought you were someone, but you're really not. Yeah, it's it's below your standards. Exactly how I like to put it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Standards are everything, dude. This standards is this is everything. the key, right? Yeah, raising one's standards, mm-hmm. it unlocks the doors that yep. have been locked to yep. you. Mm-hmm. Life is waiting for us to say no, no more of this. Mm-hmm. This is below my standards. Mm-hmm. And I think the trap that sometimes people fall into is they they kind of wait for life to set the standard for them, and it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You set the standard for the relationship you have, the partner you have, the friends you have, the abundance you have yeah. or don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And life will match it if you are committed to that frequency. <sighs> Do you feel that? A hundred percent, man. You, I think we we must have a very similar mindset because everything that you're saying is i have a notes page on my phone and it is literally this <laughs> i read your notes this yeah. morning <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it's literally that raise your standards are you interested in progress or are you committed to progress because if you're committed to progress raising your standards is a no brainer right choose uh, coke or water hmm. when you raise your standards you look at Coke as something that is actually negative, right? Because it is. We used to use in school when I was a kid. I couldn't believe this. We used Coke to clean a toilet. Because of the acid in it, yeah. And and, and they used it as kind of like this thing. And, and I said to the teacher, we drink that, don't we? Yeah, hold on a sec. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why are we using it to clean a toilet? Right? <laughs> I was like, sorry, what? This is, by the way, where the perception we were talking about, yeah. where you see with mm-hmm. your eyes, mm-hmm. not what the words are exactly. saying, but you literally exactly. see reality as it is. Yeah, They're yeah. cleaning the toilets with Exactly. This. What does that and mean? And you're drinking it for pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm cleaning my toilet with it, yep. and you're using it for pleasure. It's wild. Right? Insane. But you know what it made me realize is, as you said earlier, kids ask the innocent questions, right? Because they just look at things. And they don't have the worldview that is tainted by ego and this kind of stuff. And I was a kid when this when this stuff happened. And a lot of my inflection points that changed me came from when I was young. So I guess it's that it comes back to being open, to being aware, to being like true to you. Where it comes from for me is, um, have you ever heard of Nipsey Hussle? He's a, a, an artist that sadly passed away, a, a hip hop and, and American rap. Um, and he used to say, stick to the script. And it never meant anything to me at the start, but I, his music is fantastic. And all the cards were dealt against him. And he figured out that music is a, is a business. And all of these guys are money, hose and clothes, right? But this guy figured that it's a business and he figured that it's a marathon, not a sprint. So anyway, he said, stick to the script, right? And what is the script? The script is you. Stick to you. If something is trying to draw you out, nope, sorry, we're sticking to the script Mm. because I've got a marathon to run. If I take the wrong turning on a marathon, I have to then go all the way back around to get back. How long long is it going to take me to get back? I don't know. Yeah. I've already got a long way to go. I can't, I can't take any wrong turns. I love this. It also reminds me of stick to the script, stick to the plan that you have committed to. Yeah. So, for example, 
I have a certain vision for my podcast. I'm not going to go chase the next shiny thing. Oh, man. I'm just going to stick to the script. I've already decided this is what I love to do. This is what I want to do. This is the vision. Yeah. And so, and it's not flashy, right? Because a few months from from now, someone could say, oh, what's new with you? Mm -hmm. My response is, I'm still on the same mission that I was three months ago. I've evolved. I've grown. I've learned new things. But there's no shiny this is the new thing. Mm-hmm. It's I'm sticking to the script. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going mm-hmm. and I'm heading that way. Yep. Yep. And don't look for the shiny thing in, in my life because yep. it's not something I'm going to be flashy about. For sure. For sure. So I, I completely agree with you on that. And and a lot of people say to me, um, but you say avoid still people. And if still people are still doing the, the, mm. the same thing, then why should I be with them? Good point. Okay. And that the answer to that is, are they still in the same place though? Right. Right. Because Are they running on the same spot? Exactly. Because three months from now, you would have done, let's say, I don't know, five more podcasts. You would have grown. You would have evolved. Your your style of podcast would have changed. Some things, things are progressing. Things are moving. They're rejigging. Exactly. It's Their rejigging is happening. Right. And that's that's something that's massively important because I'm the same. I'm the calisthenics guy. I've always been the calisthenics guy. And a year from now... You're still going to be still the calisthenics gonna be the guy, calisthenics guy, but next level. Exactly, and that's that's the difference. What people don't see is like, yeah, yeah, you know, same old, same old, right? And that's what you hear from so many people all the time. But if I was to ask you, what's improved since we last um, spoke to each other? Because that's what I do with my friends all the time. Uh, what's changed since we last spoke to each other? Oh, I love you know? that. Yeah. And then pe- and then they say, oh, do you know what? I actually just signed a deal or I'm one of my friends is a musician and he got reached out to um, by by this massive, I think it was Florence and the Machine. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And, and he literally sits in his room for eight hours a day making music on a, on a wooden chair with his guitar and his keyboard and he makes music and Florence and the Machine reached out to him and said I want to make it I want to make music with you because he was doing the unsexy work mhm mhm grinding yeah on what he loved mm-hmm. and felt in alignment with yep. but it wasn't sexy no and that's what that's what me and him actually bonded over and he's probably one of my best friends my closest friends um big shout out to Lester by the way that's his name he's he's a sick guy but we have these conversations all the time and I only met this guy in lockdown Right. So I haven't known him for as long as I've known some other people, but me and him are very, very close. Like he knows me. Remember when I said about that, like knowing someone, we, we spoke about the fact that when you do the unsexy and when you keep going, no matter what it is that you're like, when your purpose is set and you keep going, the doors open, they, they open guaranteed that could not have been open day one exactly but they open on day 60 exactly day 90 exactly day 120 yeah yeah and they they have to open because you keep going and what happens if you take a step forward a step forward a step forward a step forward right let's say it's a ladder what happens you eventually get to the top of the ladder what's at the top of the ladder whatever it was that you wanted but you wouldn't have got to the top of the ladder if you didn't keep going. Mm-hmm. So this is what I, I, I put out in my last piece of content is that whatever it is that you're doing, keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Little and often, little and often, keep going. You know, my purpose as a coach, as, as an athlete, is to provide a chance for people to benefit their mental and physical health. 
to provide them an opportunity to benefit themselves. You know, so I'm going to keep going until that is realized. I don't know how many people it's going to take until I realize it and say, do you know what? I'm happy with this. I can step away. That doesn't matter. That's not the end goal. The end goal is when I meet someone, if they're interested in the opportunity, I learn if that interest is a commitment or just an interest. And if they're more committed, then we get them in and we help them, you know. Talk to me about commitment, because that's such an important facet of your philosophy and yeah. i think any successful person's philosophy mm. is commitment some people feel like oh i can't commit to this i'm not ready mm -hmm. there is real power in making that decision and saying i'm sticking with this yeah for the next 10 years yeah yeah if not longer and it unlocks depth mm. that is not available to you when you haven't committed yep I'd love it if you if you can riff on your thoughts on commitment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, commitment basically means that you do whatever it takes, mm. right? You're committed to whatever outcome it is, making a relationship work, raising a family, building a business. You're in it for the long haul. You're in it for the long run. So when the weather gets bad, you know, and, and my commitment came early on because in the UK, the weather is ass. <laughs> it rains 80% of the year. It's freezing. It's dark. And I'm training outdoors. And I, I would force myself to take my top off in the freezing weather because I was like, no, nah, I'm here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. If I can do this in the darkest winter, summer is going to be a breeze. Mm. So I was committed because I knew that long-term only benefits can come from this only benefits can come and i remember saying to my to my the the guy who came to the park with me and the first one the first one i remember saying to him i remember looking around the park and saying i'm committed to making this work and he kind of looked at me and was like good for you man good for you and then when i when i saw him before i left and i was like dude i made it work i'm moving country this is now my business he was like whoa like five six years later i made it happen yeah it takes time takes time but that's the exact time that you needed exactly and commitment means that when things get tough it's okay you do what you can do to keep moving the needle forwards when things are good it's okay you do what you can do to keep moving the needle forwards right? You are going to go through peaks and troughs in life and you're supposed to because the peaks are feel great, but they only feel good because you went through the bad times. If everything was good, as we said, if it just kept going up and 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 you never had to rejig, you never had to do any of this kind of stuff, you wouldn't have any feeling for it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So commitment is making a decision and then realizing that that decision is going to require work and being willing, able, and wanting to actually do it, you know, because everyone manifests, but what manifesting is to me is slightly different, is I think about the process and the potential things that are going to force me to fail, and I think about how I solve them. So I think about when I'm manifesting doing um, a planche or an exercise, an advanced exercise in calisthenics, I think about what could go wrong and how can I make sure that it doesn't. Uh-huh. Right? I think Ryan Holiday called it the post-mortem 
which is you you imagine a meeting at the end of a failed project mm. you're sitting with your team members and you're like guys why did this product fail yeah before you start the product yeah, yeah, you yeah, go yeah, to yeah, the yeah, end yeah. how could this fail insane yeah it's, yeah and it's it works kind of the same process yeah exactly it works and i sit and i think about it yeah it, it could only go wrong if i get injured because then i have to have time off it could only go wrong if i don't do the work Mm. right because then i have to I, i've got too long of a gap there hasn't been enough enough intensity and enough frequency for me to make progress you make the success inevitable inevitable you literally because... see that oh unless i get injured or something catastrophic happens yeah it cannot fail but to succeed exactly and that and the only because i will keep going yes because i will keep going so if i know what the barriers are to entry This is something that I do when I, even before I sign someone as a client, I, I draw all of their barriers to the surface. Oh, I love that. Right. Because then I know what potential problems we're solving. Right. And I say to them, what's a barrier to entry for you? Not to entry to sign up to me. What's a barrier to entry to get you in the gym, to get you eating healthy, to get you doing this? What's your relationship with food? Maybe it's a bad one. Maybe it's a good one. Then you actually eat too much and you need to eat less. Maybe it's your your sleep pattern. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Because I can give anyone a program. You can literally get AI to write you a program. AI can't solve your problems though. Right? Like if you're if you're consistently eating um, this and your relationship with food is bad, that's always going to manifest in whatever you try and do, right? So you need to bring those to the surface. And that's what I do before I even sign someone is I, I bring them all to the surface. And some, some people got loads, some people don't have many, but everyone's got some. And it's okay, you're a human being for God's sake, right? If you didn't have it, you'd be a very boring dull you know <laughs> nothing to talk about person right so with those barriers to entry you can then create a system that makes you want to be committed because you know that when this thing when this difficulty comes up oh i actually have the solution we wrote it down so every time this comes up i just do a and every time this comes up i do b From your life, is there any blocks that you're like, okay, I know how to solve this. Whenever this issue comes up, I'm um, going to do this. A big one at the moment is journaling. Because as I said before, I used to I used to speak to people. I used to speak to... Well, actually, I never used to speak to people. I used to um, sweep it under the rug. Uh-huh. I used to massively sweep things under the rug. And I would, I would um, turn a blind eye right to red flags to to things that people were doing to things that people were saying and for me a big turning point in that is stick to the script and if it doesn't align with it call it out hmm. and it's okay if you get into an altercation because of it right um so something for me now is journaling because i if i'm if i'm feeling a certain way like i woke up the other day and i was feeling panic I don't know why I was feeling panic. So I sat down and I was like, why am I feeling panic? What's happened to me for me to be feeling panicked? And I got to the bottom of it in just a page. And then I realized, oh, okay, cool. What can I do to um, subdue this panic? And I was like, oh, okay, nice. And then I did that. And then I had the greatest day. And instead of waking up and having a day full of panic, I literally spent 15 minutes, as I usually do in the morning, 
listening to yourself listening to myself you know closing my mouth and opening my ears and it got i got to the bottom of it just like that you know and then i went and, and as i said i had the greatest day so much fun and that's another one in terms of in terms of that is setting intentions oh yeah sometimes sometimes it's good to just go with the flow but the majority of the time i set an intention for the day that's the thing is like we said earlier high intentions low expectations yeah 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 always yeah. set intentions but zero expectations mm -hmm. of for how life will flow yep. that's where like you surf the surfboard on mm. the energy waves of life yep 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 you're willing to go with life you're not resisting but you're also like intending intending to mm. go this way intending to go this way and then dancing with life yes to get you closer to yes that. for sure for sure yeah 100% and it should be like that because if you try to swim upstream and you clearly know that you're going the wrong way yeah you're going to feel it you're going to feel it you're going to get burnt out you're going to lose friends that actually mean something to you you're going to i don't know lose money lose you're not going to be aligned with what you're trying to do you're going to make mistakes that wake you up exactly and and as you said when you're not listening to things they will slap you in the face mm -hmm. the cosmic slap yeah the cosmic slap and you'll be like dude i needed that <laughs> because a lot of life for me has been because i stuck to the script it's not been difficult it's been a challenge mm. but it's not been difficult to the point where i'm like i can't do this anymore you know and it's also been like as i said the peaks and troughs before let's call them waves now right when when you go up and the wave is carrying you you're like oh this is nice but then when you go down you have to swim a little bit harder it's still taking you forwards but you got to swim a little bit harder you know and that's okay right because it's not going to do everything for you you know you, we're not we've not been handed the silver spoon and just you know money's here fame is here everything is here right we we have an urge to better ourselves to do these things to put ourselves through that difficulty so when um when things get tough that's okay it's supposed to get tough that's the work i i say when when my clients are in, are in training and they're doing something i say a challenging but doable weight so they get to choose the weight that they use mm -hmm. but it has to be challenging but doable because i'm not going to make them do something they physically can't do right they might fail and they probably will fail in the gym every now and then but the challenging but doable I love right that. and that's what that's what i mean when i say live just beyond your edge yeah. lean in as you called it mm -hmm. right and and i'm not saying um train six hours a day stay up and do the whole entrepreneurial thing where you work until three four in the morning and then you you don't get any sleep and you do the same thing the next day no that's gonna burn out that's unhealthy you know but do the things that allow you to just lean over that side of comfort seek a little bit of discomfort and do that every day mm -hmm. that's the difference mm. i've been seeing a lot of people doing 75 hard recently everyone i meet that's done 75 hard or is doing 75 hard does not look happy they do not look like they are enjoying the process of doing this kind of stuff but it's supposed to have such a positive effect and all it makes me think is that why are you consistently doing something that you hate to do mm. because it reinforces habits it reinforces this this 
level of discipline that you can become unbreakable and that kind of thing. But for me, if you do anything for 75 days straight, you're not going to enjoy it by the end of it. You're going to want to stop doing it. And that's why most people get to about day 60, day 50, whatever, and they quit. Why do you think the people that make it through, they do talk about the positive benefits they've received from it? Mm, I think because for me, when you do something like that, the positive, the positive benefits were already there in that person, right? They've now just come to the surface. They've awakened them. They've awakened them, mm. right? By doing something difficult, by doing something challenging, but doable. Probably the people that make it to day, day 75, they do end up enjoying some parts of it. They, they have to exactly. make it that far. Exactly, for sure. Because for me, doing 75 hard does not sound enjoyable, but I'm in shape. Mm -hmm. I have a business, mm -hmm. I have money, I have this, I have that, I have all of those things that people would want, right? But how did I do it? I didn't do it for 75 days straight and I got it, right? My, my difference between what 75 hard is preaching is that it says go hard and go all out. The difference for me is that we're running a marathon. Take two, three steps at a time. Do 25 days and then have a day off. Right, because you will, I guarantee, when you have that day off, you're gonna be bored as hell, <laughs> and you're gonna want to go back to doing it. Right? Have you ever had it where you've your your computer has not worked or something, and you've had to sit and do something else for the day, and you're like, dude, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, what? What do I do? I don't get it. I can't. I, I, all I wanted to do today was do some work, send it on YouTube, and do this and do that, and I can't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the majority of people looking at your life be like, why is this guy just sat on his computer all the time, mm. right? But you love it. So when it gets taken away from you, that's when you really realize it. So when people are doing 75 hard and they quit, they don't have a good connotation and a good um, experience with it. Because when, when you quit something, that's true failure. That's the only way to fail is if you quit, mm. right? I agree 100%. So when only you, mistake you can make is to quit. Exactly. Unless you're pivoting in a new direction and it's truly a new decision and you have to let go of something. Yeah. Then of course quitting is the right decision. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that that's quitting though. I would say that as you said, that pivoting. Pivoting. Right? Yeah. When you when you fully quit something, it's like, nope, I hang up my gloves, I'm done. Mm. You know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to try and push on anything else. I'm just going to stay here because this is where I'm at. Gotcha. You know, that, that is what I believe is quitting. But when you're realizing. I got a rejig. Yeah, I got a rejig, right? <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Because you're still trying to move in the direction of your, your end goal. Yes. You know, so that's the difference. So when people are doing this 75 hard and when people are were pushing themselves as entrepreneurs and things like that, there's no balance. They haven't created a, a balance at all. They've removed it. So I think if people are trying to do these different kind of things and, and benefit themselves in these different kind of ways, create a balance. Mm. Create a 75 hard for you. Mm. Yours could be a 75 hard of, of YouTube and, and mushrooms, right? <laughs> Your day off could be, um, I'm going to take a mushroom trip. Right, that you, is my day off. There you go. There you go. Right, you've sussed it. You've, I've sussed you, it you've out. You've sussed it out. <laughs> Once a month, I need my mushroom. Right, and and that's because 
That's because you realize that if you go down this rabbit hole of pure monk mode focus and all this kind of stuff, you don't come out the other end. You yeah, come I, out- need a, I need a day to zoom out of the maze. Yeah. And the mushrooms are really great at doing that where they take me to the bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, okay, I'm banging against this door here. If I just take this right shortcut yeah. here, okay, this thing is not really looking smooth i need to fix this energy flow here it's like looking at the blood vessels in, exactly in your life yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah that's blocked that artery needs a little work okay when you got to clean that up mm-hmm. and then you dive, dive back, back into in. the maze yeah yeah exactly and that's the difference because when you're in it in it mm-hmm. right you also lose being present to yourself you know because you're you're no longer feeling what's going on you're just in the monotonous routine of i've got to work out i've got to drink these three and a half liters of water a day i've got to do this i've got to do that i say to people if you're going to do 75 hard take notes take notes on how you feel in in each day take notes on what you learn about yourself take notes on this kind of stuff because otherwise you go through the whole thing and you just think yeah i completed 75 hard what did you get out of it 75 days of exercise, 75 days of reading a book. What did you learn from the book? Bah, you know, I don't know, right? So that for me is the difference when people are trying to go all in on something. And it's like, realize that it's okay to, to, first of all, want to go all in, but it's okay to have a little rest every now and then. Rest for me is part of being an athlete. Of course. It has to be. Recovery is one of the pillars Right. If I didn't rest, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'd have been broken in a wheelchair or something, you know. So when people are like, no, no, go in, go in, go in. Everyone comes out of 75 hard with um, uh, injuries and and not enjoying their current reality and, and these different kind of things. So in any aspect, when you're trying to do something like that, I think one, take notes and two, give yourself a breather. Yeah. And if you don't take a day of rest, life will make you take a day of rest and it won't be a day <laughs> it'll be longer yeah 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 for sure yeah yeah that that actually happened to me when i moved to bali like i got here and i was so overwhelmed by the freedom of what i could do i started training everywhere and i was just so happy doing so and i didn't i didn't realize because i was just so full of this this happiness energy that my body was starting to diminish mm-hmm. and it slapped me in the face mm-hmm. right and I, and i uh tore something in my shoulder and my lower back and my hip have just been dodgy since you know and it's been 4 months since i've been here you know and that was just me not listening how do you navigate a setback like that do you how do you keep the belief that okay everything will heal everything is going to go right back on track i'm not going to lose faith positivity first of all yeah i learned early on that i don't know where this came from maybe a study or something like that but the placebo effect right like if a doctor tells you that you're never going to be healthy again and you you probably will believe that so you will start to manifest this disease this illness this whatever it is because you believe that you're not going to be healthy again yeah right but the opposite is true right so believe that things are going to get healthy be open to things getting healthy again be open to these things happening and just remember that you can always move the needle forwards Mm. if you let's say in my case where I, i i couldn't move my shoulder and i couldn't move my legs right i went and i started training mobility very light loads and i started opening up my body 
And as I opened up my body, they started to get better. You know? So there's always something you can do to move the needle forwards, whether it's, there's so many different styles of training, you know, modalities of training, modalities of movement, right? And if you're not moving your body, get outside somehow and move your brain, brain games, you know, play chess, have deep conversations, read books, strategize, do different things, build something with your brain, build something with your hands. You can always move your hands, you know, just keep, keep the, um, alertness there. Mm. That's something that you can do because when it gets back to being good, right. And it, and it does heal because I believe time heals all. Right. You want to jump in razor sharp, exactly. ready to go. I call it stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Oh, I love that. I because love that. if that's when this when the opportunity comes around, you gotta be ready. You're ready. You don't have to worry. Yeah, yeah, sure. I've got the scripts, I've got the knowledge, I've got this, I've got that. And or it's like, ah, oh, I thought about this, but I didn't think it was ever gonna come around. So, you know, I just didn't do it. Yeah. Oh man, such a great point. I always like to think everything in life is preparing me for the next opportunity. Mm. So everything, all the failures and the successes, the challenges, they're making me stronger and resilient so that when the opportunity knocks on the door, I can say, I can handle that. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I'm ready. what it takes. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't, if you see setbacks as the ultimate end-all failure, you just do yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't see it as prep mm-hmm. or the gifts yeah, that are yeah, about yeah. to come. It comes down to narrative, I think, because as you said that, as you said the word setback, um, something sprung to mind. And anytime there's a setback in my life and in and in my in my people's life, I s- instantly say minor setback, major comeback. Ooh, I always say that. I love that because love that. when or or as it instantly sets the tone. Because when you say minor setback, major comeback, they're like, come back for what? I don't know, but I'm coming back. <laughs> I love it. And it's major, <laughs> right? Yeah. So my my ex actually went through hernia surgery on her stomach twice. So she actually had to have three surgeries. And every when it happened the first time, we said minor setback, major comeback. Minor setback, major comeback. And she got strong afterwards. And then it happened again. And imagine going through surgery, getting getting through it, and then the doctor saying, do you know what? I'm so sorry, but we messed up. And she was just dead. She was not having it. And then because I said to her at the start, minor setback, major comeback, minor setback, major comeback, I probably said it like every day. When she heard it, she goes, do you know what? When, when, she said, when they said, um, you have to have another surgery, first thing she said, minor setback, major comeback. Mm. What a mantra. Right? And, and that allowed her to actually have the surgery and then four weeks later move to Bali. Amazing. Because her mindset and her, her thought process healed her. What a mantra and what an intention. Circling back to how you said intention plays a huge yeah, yeah, part yeah. in your life. What do you think is, what kind of intentions do you set daily personally? I set mindset intentions because I don't always know what's going to happen throughout the day, but I know what mindset I want to have moving into the day. So if I, if I can intend to have a mindset that is of abundance, 
it will allow me to navigate through that day feeling abundant. Is there a specific process you use or it's just a mental prayer? It's it's writing it down. Writing it down. Today's mindset is um, playing the game of Boyka. Remember when I told you I'm going to be that character from the movie? Yeah. Right? And And that made me think, okay, cool. What would this person do then? Instilling, embodying that. In, embodying that. Exactly. And, and then is the next day's intention similar or it's different? Similar, different, depending on, depending on, let's say I've got something super important coming up, right? And it's like, okay, cool. I'll set the mindset to be able to like stay ready so I don't have to get ready for that. So today's mindset is, and then you write it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be some days, some days I, I won't do it because some days it's good to just go through your day. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not always necessary to say today I'm going to do this. Today I'm going to be this. Today some days it's like, do you know what? I'm just going to be. Mm. You know, because that's char- that's charisma, that's authenticity. If presence. you're forcing presence, if you're forcing yourself to be something every day, then it's not your rhythm, it's not your flow. Right? Um and that's what I came up with recently, but yeah, the the mindset thing will be Something along the lines of where I want to take my future, short term and long term. What was the intention for today or yesterday? Yesterday was, hmm, what did I end up doing yesterday? Oh, yesterday was um, a focused mindset because I had actual like work to do um uh, for clients for for socials and things like that i had to so it was like okay cool a a mindset of focus beautiful and it was just it's just simple and do you notice that it actually starts manifesting in the day like synchronicities and things will flow in such a way that it becomes realized yeah without you of course you're doing work and you're doing what you said you do but there's also this invisible hand yep. saying oh he wants the flavor mm. of focus yep. we're going to sprinkle more of that yep. into yep. his day yep. and that and 100% and i think that's why i said earlier about things for me have been challenging but never difficult to the point that i want to give up and and quit and that's because I always have those intentions and those manifestations of the process and these different kind of things. So I always feel that something is sprinkling it on top of me. Ah, beautiful. And that is a power that I don't know how I harnessed. I don't, it's here now and I'm going to hold on to it. You know, (laughs) I'm not letting it it go anywhere. I'm going to keep exercising it. Um, It's difficult to explain if people want to like know how to do it. But I think it's just intentions and pure belief in what you really want. Mm. Dude, it's been such a beautiful, epic conversation. Likewise, man. So grateful for your wisdom, your insights. And I'm still thinking about minor setback, major comeback. It's such an epic phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's so much for the listener here to to learn from and i'll definitely be listening back to this for nice, wisdom nice yeah for sure is there any last piece of advice or intention you'd love to leave the listener with on how they can lead a more epic aligned life seek discomfort and be yourself love it and where can people find you if they want to vibe with you um instagram is the best place ibrahim underscore ramsey beautiful Dude, thank you so much. Thank Such you, a man. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I've been awesome.
Hey, so if you're still listening and you've made it this far, I want to thank you personally. You are one of the OGs, the true fans of the podcast. Not many people listen to the end, so if you've actually made it this far, I don't take that for granted. I appreciate you so much, and I invite you to reach out to me personally. I'd love to hear what episodes you most enjoyed, what type of topics, and what type of guests you'd love to see in the future. Feel free to message me on Instagram, or you can email me if you sign up to my newsletter and just hit reply to the welcome email. I'll be sure to read it. Now, if you have a moment to rate the podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would help me out so much. I super appreciate that. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on YouTube, please do me a favor and go to youtube.com slash at James Zander Trip. I'm trying to get to 1000 subscribers, so every subscriber counts. One last thing, I have another podcast where I do solo episodes, mostly about psychedelics, but I also share life lessons and all sorts of insights. So if you search for The Microdose, you can find my second podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, I just launched a mindset course called Unlock God Mode. So in the next audio, you'll hear more details about my course. If you're not interested, feel free to skip to the next episode. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means the world to me. Feel free to share this episode with a friend that you think might enjoy it. And I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy my brand new audio course, Unlock God Mode. Unlock God Mode is a four-week experience where every day you'll get a 15-minute audio lesson that gives you frameworks, tools, and perspectives to upgrade your relationship with life. In the same way that mushrooms give you insights that help you up-level in the video game of life, I designed this course to do the same thing for you. I've compiled every lesson that I learned through psychedelics, through meditation, through my spiritual work, through life. I've put my best tools in this course so that no matter who you are, if you choose to go on this adventure with me, you're going to learn some amazing frameworks. You're going to learn to see life with new eyes. You will improve your relationship with life. And by extension, your life will improve. If you're interested in more details, go to jameszander.com slash godmode or use the link in the show notes. Use the promo code shrooms for a special discount. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I deeply appreciate you. Feel free to reach out to me through my newsletter. Go to jameszander.com to sign up. I'd love to connect. This episode is sponsored by magicmush.ca. If you're looking for an online dispensary for magic mushrooms, mushroom chocolate, and other high-quality psychedelic products, head over to magicmush.ca and use the promo code JAMES to get 25% off. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful trip.